0: Six Pack out I want to give a quick shout out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions Several national champions. And uh, I mean a laundry list of records. National records. World records have been broken. Etc. But they have an app. With their elite level programming. Available video tutorials. Uh, I mean the whole nine. It's one stop shop. Once you're in here. There's a discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. um, To get all your lifts analyzed. So you get elite. Level programming and coaching for twenty nine ninety nine US a month. Positions of Power dot programs dot app. Go there and get yourself started. 93 kilo lifter, Chance Mitchell. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man. It's been a minute. Last time we talked, how freaking long was this, man? At least a year
1: and a half ago, yeah.
0: At least, man. Because it's 2022. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it was like 2019 range.
1: Maybe, yeah. It could be. Dude,
0: Like the world's changed since then.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. literally not just for you more for you and the guys up north than here in texas texas has been chilling the whole time
0: well that's right (laughs) you know that's definitely true
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah texas you guys have been like rolling right through but there's like fuck man so much has happened Mm -hmm. um i mean like in the u.s obviously like the last two years have been pretty flipping crazy from like the elections to like um uh, like covid the whole nine it's Uh it's crazy and then on top of that Previously, powerlifting would have been our little niche sport, which would have been our little getaway from politics. And then, holy shit, the, the, like, powerlifting as well became a whole hop in up of politics and divide the whole, r- rate the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we couldn't get away from it.
1: Yeah. I think what? even more so with, uh, <clears throat> like, not just, like, the USA powerlifting side switching over to uh, kind of doing their own thing, but also USVI, is a thing now for a lot of U.S. lifters, and um, like I, I'm not even sure if people know that. Like, basically, if you're a U.S. citizen, you can just go over to uh, USVI. Like, that's it. Like, if if they want you to.
0: Well, it's um, yeah, like a lot of top-flight American lifters mm-hmm. have gone that route and are going to continue to in 2022. So they're going to stay the IPF route, like like in your weight class, Gavinated. A uh, mm-hmm. phenomenal lifter. Um, he's he went USAVI. He's going to continue to um, mm-hmm. it almost like because he respects that they when he needed them they stepped up, opened the door for him. So he's like, you know, I'm gonna pay him back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going that route. And whoever he clashes with that worlds, um, you know, he clashes with the worlds. And then same with like Chandler Bab, another U.S. American champion. And so some of, them, and I think there's more as well. They're going to oh, yeah, continue to go. Yeah. So it's. It, the problem. So it's, it's good and bad. It's almost, it's unique because it's almost like America is going to show up a world with two teams, right? It's like, yeah, pretty much, which is wild. What are your thoughts on, on that? Um, because it obviously divides you on the domestic level, national level, which is tough because it would be, it would be nice if everyone was going to the PA Nats and clashed to make a team. But on the flip side, there's more options so when you actually go to worlds worlds will be more stacked
1: mm-hmm. i think it's better obviously like having I'm, I'm tired of hearing people say that oh u.s nationals is just so much more competitive than worlds which they're not necessarily 100 wrong on but it's more of like the depth is just going to be limited but the, there's still the talent there like obviously if Keiko goes if Ga- uh, gavin goes if Whoever these top sp- one specific lifters, you know, there's two or three or four more of the people that it's going to be a battle. And then there's kind of a drop off. That's kind of mm-hmm. expected. Whereas like the depth is what they're talking about at, at U.S. nationals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK, it depends on how you split it. Mm-hmm. Like if you looked at like um the 2019 is last time it was like U.S. went. Uh, 2021 is USVI, but it wasn't like it was like not all the Americans could go. Right. Yeah. But um so like that's what you I, I know what you mean. where like from top one to five u.s nationals is deep but on the flip side you could send a full team to the worlds in like half will win the world title so it's not necessarily well if you can win the u.s nationals you're automatically going to win worlds it won't be that but on the flip side what you were saying is um in terms of depth but this will alleviate you'll have more depth there if that's what you like
1: Well, I wanted to do USVI (laughs) and, uh, I, do you know how it works? Like you basically can like just apply to join USVI and if they want you, then you can do it. If not, that's it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think it works out well because I have, I have a couple lifters doing USVI nationals and, um, they're probably uh, be able to get a world spot. Uh, and even if like they're not as competitive or, you know, you know, one of them definitely will be, um, it is so worth it to me to have that, like, just for me, my perspective. Being able to go to to worlds as a U.S. lifter is very, very selective. Obviously, there's so many people, and only one, you know, will go. Generally speaking, unless there's an alternate spot, um, it's just so good. I, I think having the you know outlet makes a big, big deal. Um, and even if you don't want to do it, there's so many lifters that are staying USA Powerlifting. Uh, and I think it's a good move, you know, if you don't ever, you don't have that value for worlds like, like I do, um, then, you know, it makes sense just to, you know, be a 220 or a 90 kilo lifter, or I, I think USAPL is doing well and I think they will continue to do well, but worlds will never be different for me. It'll always be that dream, you know, that I've, I've never gotten to yet.
0: Worlds is, well, that's the unique thing about worlds. Um, I've talked about with other people who come on the podcast where, um, you know, certain things you have to, like powerlifting, because it is a niche sport. Usually when you talk to people outside of powerlifting, friends, family that aren't in powerlifting, you got to explain a lot. Like sometimes, usually they think you're, you're an Olympic weightlifter or a fucking bodybuilder or something. You got to explain a lot. So, but it doesn't matter who you are. If you say, I'm going to the world championships, say less. I got you. You're good. Like, how good are you? Well, I won a world title. Okay. Well, that's fucking good. Right. You don't have to say, um, I won this competition and it's called the whatever, whatever. And, uh, okay. Is that good? Yeah. It's really good. It's you, you would, you could name all these people. They don't know any of the names you're saying. They don't know the competition you're going to. They don't know none of that. But if you, if it's the world championships, it's it. Like that's mm-hmm. all you got to say. And it's a legit world. There's like over a hundred countries there. Like, this isn't like, you know, you have sub world championships are like, come on, there's like three nations that are actually in this sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it is different.
1: Yeah. What I would say too, is like people always talk about how it's not on the Olympics or it won't be in the Olympics. Like when you get the the link, it is through like the Olympic channel. Like you can go on the Olympic channel and watch, you know, IPF worlds. So for the general like population, they don't know any better. Like, right. Like they still think it's like this, this level at some point, obviously it's not real, you know, Olympics, but they do see it's like part of the Olympics channel. So they're like, Oh, this is legit.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It's getting more. So some people, people will always say it's never going to happen. That's always the case. Right. But there are steps being taken. Like for instance, it's starting to be included, being included with um, like the world games is big, but now starting to get included a push towards the like Commonwealth games, European games, Asian games. And these are multi-sport games. This isn't like strength sports, powerlifting. This is like their, Mm -hmm. their track teams. They're, you know, wrestling, boxing, whatever the shit, whatever you're into. This is alongside all of those other events. So that's huge for us. And then to end up on Euro sport, I mean, these are the steps you got to take, and being recognized like University Cup and like all of those different athletes from around the world are going to show up in all these different sports and in the athlete compound, the whole nine, and powerlifters are going to be there. You know, this is these are the steps you got to take, and this is new. This wasn't like we've always been like 10 years ago. We've had all these steps in the last 10 years, people don't necessarily know all this progress that we've made. And then, um, to get on the Olympic Channel and to get on Eurosport. In the Olympic Channel, we murdered in terms of ratings, and um, and they couldn't be happier. It's big mid, so I don't know if people realize that this isn't like this isn't crazy to say like not nah, possible. It is. I you you look at like Muay Thai Kickboxing and Sambo just got in the Olympics. This shit is. The, you look at the structure because I'm like an MMA fan, so I follow those sports. Their structure is so much smaller, weaker, fewer. Fewer participants, fewer participating nations. Their streams are nothing. Their followings, powerlifting is very well put together for the sport that we are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's, it's by no means, a, a, you know, a shot in the dark.
1: Yeah, and I'm not even in the idea that it's necessary. Like if IPF Worlds never gets to the Olympics, I'm cool with that. Like to me, it's not that big of a deal. I do see it as, I, I like I kind of romanticize it in that way still, it, yeah. but it is different and i and I'm, I'm okay with it like it's completely fine whereas a lot of u.s lifters they've never had that feeling they just see as the arnold is like the big huge event that they need to go to or raw nationals or this Megan nationals in vegas will be that meat for them so i i still view the, the you know having bulgaria having japan having germany having all these other countries is to me such a big deal. And like, I know a lot of these people, like i pay attention to them on social media and like I follow all of them and you know, it's really um, like opening up the environment to me.
0: Well, do you think that's a uniquely, not uniquely American, but it's more so prevalent in America to think that way, to be like, we don't need to leave our country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, like it looks like from the outside looking in, it looks like like a lot of like the rest of the world often would be like, Hey man, you know, your, your super bowl is big, but that's not world champions or like there's, or like, um, uh, well, basketball, baseball does have Canadian teams in there. So there's more than just one nation, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like they're world champions, but there's usually one, maybe two nations. It's a lot of times the rest of the world's like, man, this is, this is a you know, that's what they, they looking at looking in now I'm Canadian. So we're pretty into basketball, baseball in the same fucking sports too. So I get it. But um, I think to an extent, when we when I talk to people in the other parts of the world and they're looking in and they're like, they don't necessarily understand that frame of mind, but
1: yeah, it's just different. It is different. And if you, do you pay, I mean, I read all the comments of, you know, when USAPL was separated and the IPF was announcing like, hey, we're going to have power to America and like everybody's takes. You know, like you could tell like what their opinion was going to be, you know, based off where they're from, you know, it was that same thing. They're like, oh, well, you know, like worlds is this, like USA won't do, you know, won't cooperate and they won't do this, you know? So everybody had basically that kind of thought process, except like US lifters were like, no, USAPL is a hundred percent in the right here. We're doing everything perfect. And it's like, it's not really that simple, but you know, you're right that like there are people in the U S that just have this U S is everything. And I, and I still do just outside of powerlifting.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look at many, look, the Super Bowl is fucking fantastic. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like it, it does work. Um, it's just, uh, I think it, it won't work. I, I don't know. It's just, it's different type of mentality. Some people from yeah. around the world won't get that. They're like, man, the world's a huge place. Um, you know, wouldn't you want to expand beyond that? But some people don't, I've had conversations with people who are like, you know, you should focus more just on the Americans because that's all anyone cares about anyway. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a little legit though. An American yeah. told me, and I'm like, yeah. my man, I know the way I talk and whatnot. You know, I'm not American, right? Like, I, thought, I think this person thought they were talking to an American. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. dog, I'm not American, man. You get a little too loose with it. They're like, come <laughs> on, man. That's all anyone cares about anyways. Am I right? And I'm like, my man. Yeah.
1: But- uh, Yeah, the- it's it's different here, man. You know that. Like, even though you're Canadian, like, yeah, U.S. They we have that that thinking, and you know, can you can you blame us? Well, I mean, it's good to be confident. At the
0: same time, yeah, you don't want it to impede or nothing, right? Like, right. it's <laughs> nah, you got to keep right. your head on your shoulders. But yeah. um, but how, what were you thinking when all this was happening? Like in terms of, like the suspension. And when when things were looking dicey, this is before US even got USAPL, when they were on their way to even being suspended, the campaign, the social media campaign, I remember, I was like, holy shit, what is going to happen here?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I, um, you kind of had a few, I mean, if you paid attention, and you've been in this for a while, you kind of knew it was getting there. Right. Like, right with like the, the uh, Arnold stuff, when the records didn't count, and you know, this back and forth about the, the drug testing stuff has been there for a while, if you've been in it. Um, so I kind of kind of felt that was coming, you know, at some point, I just didn't know when. And <clears throat> I think now, like, to me, for me, and how I view this sport, I'm, I, I talked about this on our on the Team Nori podcast. Um, is that in powerlifting, once you are in this for so long, you eventually kind of get so into it that you kind of need to take a break from it a little bit. So I already kind of knew what was going to happen. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm 93 kilos. I need to be 93 kilos. I'm not going to go up. You know, I don't want to go to hundred kilos or 90. Cool. I'm going to stay with piloting America and I'll compete once or twice a year. And that's cool with me. Like, and I can do everything else that I need to. Um, um the, the big shift I think was that, that weight class, man, like the 93 is what do you do? What do you do when you, you are forced into that weight class and now you have to go down three kilos or up seven. It's like, that's not, that's huge. No. Yeah. It's huge. And if you look like, you know, a lot of these, like Gavin, me, Keiko, we're all wanting to stay at 93. Mm. So either you go to USVI or you go to Pilots America, we don't want to go up seven kilos. You know, Bob, Bob is a really good example of someone that probably needed to go up to, you know, hundred or 105 a while ago. Um, And it made a lot of sense. So like, cool. That's his outlet now, you know, USA powerlifting at the 220 or 100 kilo weight class. Makes sense. I think it's personal preference on who you are and where you are, you know, your weight class and all this difference. Like if you're 82 and a half, you get to pick whichever one you want. No matter, Yeah. 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 74
0: to 75, 66 to 67 and a half. I mean, it depends if 66 was killing you, but um, you know, yeah, it's, it's not crazy. The big one, and if you're a heavyweight, you're a heavyweight. The big one was definitely that, um, 93 to, and, you know, all the way up to a hundred or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, hundred to hundred five, I mean, five kilos, still like a it's little still, 10 yeah. pounds, man. Yep. You know, you, I mean, you put on 10 pounds of just straight up, you could put on 10 pounds of body fat. That ain't going to do you much good. I mean, You could become from competitive to uncompetitive, you know, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and, and on the women's side, there's some big shakeups as well. Yeah. You no, know, it it impacts. Do you for you? Was it as simple as the body weight thing, or was it also in terms of your vision, you, your you want to shoot towards, you know, a world title, you want to be a world champion, you want USA across the chest representing your nation at the world championships? Is that has to do with it as well?
1: a big one is the IPF world's thing. Cause that's been a dream forever. And competing against people that I know, like I follow on Instagram and I would never get that outlet unless I did some sort of like guest lifting at some random meet. Um, that is just something I, I definitely, ha- I need to do in my life um, just in, for what I've done. But I think that it's like, that is up a little bit higher than the body weight thing, but the body weight thing is like, I'm just screwed. I, I don't have much choice. Like if I'm easy chilling at 93 or 95, it's a big commitment either way. Like yeah. it's one thing if you're like at 93 and you always are zero, like your wake up, like your morning weight is 93 kilos. Okay. Maybe you can do 90. You can drop down to 90 and, and that makes sense. That's too much to go to like 95 to 90.
0: It's, it's, it's yeah. Cause again, that's, that can change your performance. Yeah. You know, it depends on um, yeah. It really depends on how your body reacts to that. And um, so when this, when this was all taking place, like, do you think, when when they decide when the USAPL decided to change the weight classes do you think this is like came into a why do you think they did that do you think that America, was America baby of-
1: America the american classes that's to me that's how i see it they kind yeah. of wanted to separate themselves right
2: right
1: i think that was a good way is <laughs> like hey this is the the old way that we were doing it we only adopted these because of the IPF now that we're not on the IPF anymore it makes sense to to not do it you know
0: the the only drawback would be um, you the previous years, American champions, all, mm-hmm. all of them won their titles in those IPF classes. So those are all your national champions. And then when you look like this year, there's quite a few fucking national champions who are going to go the IPF route because like, you know, they're suited for these weight classes. So it's not great if you flip up weight classes and then you almost really help if 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 the weight thing is a big issue like you're looking at it mm-hmm. you're really helping them make a decision like okay i'm gonna leave that's not great to have like you know a lot of your national champions leave though that's that's the one thing where it'd be i it is like a fuck man yeah, they
1: didn't they didn't ask us they, they just did this all of a sudden and no voting nothing they they just like no we're gonna do this and Seems like, sudden but yeah they did for sure i mean i think steve and angelo a couple other um like people in the community kind of voiced things to them, but ultimately it was a snap decision and it was, it was done and, and we didn't get any sort of say on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, a couple of people, even, even a couple of people sitting around the table, like that's good. It's better than mm-hmm. one person, but you have like 15,000 members. So you
1: gotta, you know, even, which is partly poll- why partly why they probably were like, Oh, well, cool. You know, the next man up type of thing. Right. If someone leaves which, you know, they probably assumed that was going to happen. But yeah, they could have done that. They could have voted. They could have talked to us more.
0: What do you mean the next man up? Sorry, you mean like...
1: With with such a big pool of lifters, you know, there is a Bob who just comes up and just, you know, surges forward. And now that's the new face of USA Powerlifting, right? Could be that. They could have that type of thinking, you know.
0: Yeah, it's tough though, because, I mean, it's true. New people will come. It's just... Mm -hmm. In the early goings, it's not great to to lose too many of your champions like your national champions right um but if you want to just kind of draw that line in the sand we're we're gonna do things differently and um and there's do you think like like when they have their nationals, you can't necessarily draw comparisons across the board anymore because unless it's 82 and a half, 83, like whatever but you know a ninety three you can't really compare them to a hundred kilo, Like there's a stark difference. So it's, do you think it almost helps them to be like, okay, there isn't going to be very many comparisons here and there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I still think that's going to happen so much regardless of whatever it is like the 100 to 105 kilo weight class will be compared um, a lot still, but like, I, I don't think you're going to get away from that at all. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's,
0: and, and I almost, you know, if it was the same way classes, mm-hmm. you can have a direct comparison. Yeah. It, it's the only difference would be, of course, it is a massive advantage to only have to compete in your own nation and never have to do international travel. <laughs> yeah. You like, I mean, the, the, how unfair is the, we, I talked about this in the last podcast We were we were mm-hmm. doing like our, our uh, ranking for our hot 10 for like the 2022. And we're like, Will Ashton between Ashton and Taylor will Taylor out Wilkes good points, all the rest of it in 2022, like he did in 2021. And I was saying how this Nats, he's not looking to go full send Taylor. He's looking for that at worlds, but here's the, the very difficult thing that like people are just going to fluff off. If you want to be super duper, um, you know, if you don't like Taylor or if you're super pro Ashton or whatever, is that Taylor's going to have a 24 hour flight in a six hour time difference you know Mm -hmm. or you know with so many time zone changes and then lift on the other side of the world like there's some there's a reason talk to anyone who's competed internationally and they're like it'll fuck yeah yeah like it'll fuck yeah there are people who get fucked up just within the u.s traveling you know you it's not the same and um So when comparisons happen, maybe it's better to shift weight classes and try not to have too many comparisons just for that, because it'll be like, Hey man, there's a difference.
1: But you know, so well that a lot of the majority of like powerlifting community, they don't think about stuff like that. They never will. And they're never going to be experienced to that. Like even me, I I know what that's going to be like. You know, if I Mm -hmm. qualify for worlds and do South Africa, I looked at it as like a 20 something hour flight or yeah. um you know multiple stops and you know it's like your trainings just screwed for whatever if you have like taper sessions before a, before the meet or something like that's going to be a mess That that's kind of part of the the deal um and so it 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 sucks but most people won't know they won't think of that they don't even even when we say it they're like oh yeah but it's like no that's a huge huge deal and it's I'm gonna destroy you know that moment it could it could have like really detrimental progress or issues with, you know, water cut or making weights, not even just how you feel on the day from just, you know, missing whatever taper sessions or something.
0: No, just tell somebody, let me keep you up all night. And then, then let me have you max out on deads and squat. People talk all the time in their captions and in then when it's them in their training, like fuck, didn't eat well, didn't sleep well. Training was only so, so, so here's my squat. Okay. So keep that same energy. When you talk about people who travel across the other side of the world and they're cutting weight and it's far worse when you go 30,000 feet down cross time zones, it's, far worse. People who had a shitty sleep and didn't eat well and had a long work day. And you're like, Oh fuck training really sucked today. Yeah. Times that by like, I don't know how much, but a lot when there's time zone changes and all the fucking rest of it, and you're at a venue and it's the world championships. It is man. People don't know until they've done it. And how many Mm -hmm. times, you know, I got the privilege of being at these world championships commentating. So I get to talk to people and they're like, yeah, dog, it was, it's different. It's, It's a throw your expectations out. Um, you never know what's going to happen on that day. Some days it's good and you just rise to the level. Other days you're like, holy shit. You know, you can see it Mm. on someone's face. Like, I didn't sleep this whole trip. Should have got here sooner because these time zone changes are murdering me. And sometimes I've been at worlds where I'm all right. And I've been at worlds where like, I'm just commentating. I've competed too, but I've been, i am just commentating. I'm like, Mm. fuck man, I'm dying. I'm glad I don't got a lift. Like you can't force yourself to sleep sometimes, man. It's not that easy.
1: Yeah. But you're right. Some people home field advantage I, I was thinking of that because I was looking at or I was watching uh, the 93 and the 105 class at worlds and I was watching Gustav versus Keiko um and like that is a you know that example of wow like you know Keiko had to overcome a lot versus like like almost home field advantage right for for Gustav which you know people don't think of that and it's like Yeah, that was real, man. Like, you know, I know Keiko usually has a little bit of weight to like drop off. So couple that together. So to me, it was even more impressive that he did that. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that, even even nationally speaking from like West Coast to East Coast. Like if you have nationals or something and you have a seven hour, you know, whatever it is, that still is huge. And where people are like, oh, you know, I did this total at whatever USA power thing local meet. It's like, cool, you know, but like, it's a whole different thing when you have to travel, you have to, you know, be in a new environment, you have to do all it's, it's different
0: hundred percent. And that's part of it. That's, that's how you become a champion. Like, that's why being a world champion means so much. You got to travel the world, man. That's what world class athletes have to do. That's why, um, like I say, hats off to a guy like like when Jonathan flies to the other side of the world and beats a guy like and Gustav's quality. I mean, he was winning. Yeah. <clears throat> he he won junior worlds and was out totaling, um, you know, people in the open. He would have won the open with his junior world tour. Like he's a phenomenal lifter, and uh, to go and beat him in his home country and like you know guys like uh, Russell Orhi who have like they're proven. They, they'll they'll do it on the other side of the world and they'll, and they'll smash records and win titles like that. Like Brett Gibbs, my man always has to travel, crazy travels. He's won in Canada and he's from New Zealand, man. It was the other side of the world. Hats off to those guys. You know, and, and people who don't know, they'll never fully be able to respect how much it is. Um, so, but that's all part of being a world champion. Did you notice that the U.S. has put in bid to host a 2023 world championship?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to get a home field advantage being <laughs> Dog. Are you exa- all the Americans would be like, okay, it's big. Yeah, amazing. then you'll see the switch over. Then you'll see them switch over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: What do you think's gonna happen there? if like I say if, like I'm it's a really good chance US is gonna get this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think happens? Do you think you're gonna see a lot of Americans be like, huh?
1: I think it depends on how married. Some of them are to specific weight classes, like the hundred kilo, you know, may just try, you know, one Oh five. But I don't know what, I I think the bigger thing is the ban situation, right? Like if they're competing at these national level USA powerlifting meets, they, I feel like the IPF is going to have to do something like there are suspensions, like, you know, that's why some people are deciding to do it or not based around that. Like, I don't know how, how much they're going to really emphasize those suspensions that they're supposed to give out.
0: That's an issue. You're right. It is interesting. I'm not sure. I I don't know if like, for instance, um, if you went onto the USA VI team or USVI team, and then you, Mm. and then you ended up and you like, I don't know, whether they had to sign some kind of papers or whatever the heck you you go to worlds. And then after worlds, you flipped and went to USAPL. Um, If, and then you try to, I don't know if they'll be like, okay, well, that's fine. You can't flip back, flip back like that if you're doing it like that. However, if someone's like, look at, I've always been local. I was local USAPL. um, You know, in my first year of Powerlifting America, there wasn't a lot of meets. So I did some USAPL meets local. Now I'd like to come to Powerlifting America. I don't think the IPF is going to be like, looking in be like, what was the, like, you know, excuse me, local lifter, who's now at the nationals and earned their right. I, I, I would be shocked if there's any kind of issues there. I think it'd only be issues if it's like, more high profile flipping back and forth on national teams to whatever. And I don't know, whatever kind of talk was behind doors to make certain things happen. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I like, I'm just totally off the top of my head thinking, I actually, I'm not sure either how this, how this is going to play out because they, they also want, like you do want good lifters there.
1: Um, But yeah. When it's that convenient, I think, they're they're gonna need to do that like i feel like they're gonna want to make sure that they're like making a point out of the situation like hey we definitely can't let you guys do this
0: here's the big thing when you're a global body no single lifter is gonna make like i know a lot of people think this one person oh fuck but when you're a world global body no one single it's like no one single it's like the UFC no one single fighter no one single lifter is going to make that big impact that we all think right uh, like this is a social media thing that we feel that we get into but in reality when I tell you they're now part of like if you're recognized by the IOC you're in all these international games um, you know you're on Eurosport you're doing all these major moves it, one person isn't from one nation I mean there are people in fucking all over there are people all over the world man and like those names aren't getting brought up in any of those meetings when we're stepping in talking to the university games and, and they're talking about these get being part of these multi-sport events. It's just one person is going to make an impact when it's at that level. You know what I mean? When it's like a global body like that. So, so that's why, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's clear too in the the kind of the inverse sense where there was like Russell, you know, who decided to stay, with right. USA powerlifting, where taylor decided to, to go to powerlifting america and it's like you know there will be some influence you know down you know in the other levels of lifters and everything but ultimately like everybody made that decision kind of for themselves i think like delaney going to powerlifting america um like it's very very much split <clears throat> it'll
0: it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes up man mm-hmm. um it is pretty split isn't it were you like like leading before the split Definitely, if you're just following social media, and this is a bad indicator, social media has always been like, this is something that I've noticed is um, social media doesn't represent there can be silent majorities, there can be like on everything, Mm -hmm. you know, there's such things as silent majorities or people that are like, like, it could feel one way. Like when the USAPL was getting suspended, there was a fuckload of comments like, fuck them, leave them, let's go. Like, like you know, it's a joke, let's bounce. And they'll be almost as though like, we're all not realizing like, if you leave, it isn't going to be all you like you think. And it won't be like a lot of people you're going to be surprised that aren't going to go. And like, you know, there, it was a little too, a little too like, that's why when I was reading, I had, I was reading the comments and I had Mike T on. And Mike T is a USAPL guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we were talking and I was like, fuck, man, the division isn't going to be great. It's not going to be, there's going to be a lot of people who aren't saying nothing right now, but they're, they're not, they might stay IPF. And then there'll be splitting of like everything, man, from like, now sponsors got to choose now sponsors got to be like, okay, well, we have this much money. If there was one U S nationals, it would all go to one U S nationals, but now we're going to split the pot between the two U S nationals and shit. Even if they, it, that's if they do both. You know, maybe they have to choose one now. Like, I don't know, but there's, everything's in split from money to the lifters themselves to everything. Now it's, this is what we're looking at. That's why I was thinking like, fuck, I hope it doesn't come down to that. Like, you know, we got to exercise with caution here, but um, I think now were, were you surprised with, you know, how it's all unfolded with how many, like, you know, people who have, who have left or like certain people who have left or anything like that? Is this any of this shocking to you? Or were you kind of anticipating?
1: I feel like I anticipated for the most part, but I, I think there are some situations that I wasn't sure about. And I think like, I think the USVI opening up kind of earlier to this before this happened was a little bit more of like, Oh, wow. Okay. Like this is, you know, there are more outlets. Some people do really care about, you know, competing internationally here. Um, but I, I think what I was more surprised with was the USAPL propaganda. I think, do you know what I'm talking it, about here? Oh,
0: doggy, come
1: on. <laughs> oh, doggy. Do I yeah. know? Duh, they, they were here's the thing leading
0: into this. They went so hard. There was no going back. A lot of people yeah. looking at it were like, well, we know you can't come back now. Like you've, you've gone so hard on the social media. It was weird because they, they went so hard um it was like well there's this is you're you're you're, if this was a marriage you're like you've pushed it to the point where this has to end in divorce now yeah so then when it ends in divorce it's tough to show up at the divorce proceedings and to give a speech then when it's like you you know this was this was the ultimate conclusion like you're everything leading into this. It was so aggressive. This, none of it was behind closed doors or, or whatever, or if there was, even if there was anything behind closed doors, once you go public that hard um, and you could read your own comment section and see the impact you're making with the, the American lifters there and how fuck IPF it became clown Moji and, and the aggression you, you helped create, which, all right, if you want to go that route and you want to rally the troops, cool you're almost guaranteed how this is going to end it's like shit man but it was Mm -hmm. weird i i because near the end it was they all it almost looked like the usap was a stitch surprise they got voted out it's like man i saw no other conclusion it was so hard
1: uh yeah and more of like how many people were just uninformed like the the middle of the road uh people that like just care about powerlifting but are not like super invested in it and all of those were the people that were going on to, you know, the fake powerlifting America pages and like, well, I can't believe this, this joke and stuff like that. And just so much, so much of that was just kept going and going and going. And no one really like, I guess, understood the situation that well. And even, even still, like, I I get like, there's shitty parts to both sides and like they're both in a position where it's like just not feasible. And not only that, the drug testing stuff now i think is kind of in a weird spot with us like i don't really know what they're doing with drug testing um like omt type stuff like you know like a registered testing pool like what's going on with with this because now you're in a like people that switched over they're in a new you know or should be in a new like pool for drug testing in the off season and like, I haven't been drug tested lately. Like why, why what, some of this stuff that people were talking about, like Johnny, do you, did you see Johnny's video about I it? Did. Yeah, yeah, Like stuff like that of like, okay. And I kind of, I, I talked to him at the, at the gym about this type of stuff and he was kind of right. And I was like, dude, like, I don't know what the drug testing situation is going to be in going into the public American nationals. Like there is no OMT system. Like stuff like this is like beep, kind of problematic for me that I'm like, this is, this is an L here that I don't see it. You know, we have to fix this or try to get through this. Um, so there are stuff like that, that the USA propaganda stuff is a little bit right. Um, but it's kind of like, well, I don't know that the people are necessarily cheating yet or that this is just so new that, you know, it's hasn't been fleshed out yet, but there are things like that that I'm like, okay, we need to get on top of this. Yeah. I don't, I mean, again, like I'm, I'm
0: in Canada, so I'm not sure how it works. I know in Canada, um, they could test you randomly. So if it's, I'm not even entirely, is it us, USA, USDA, or who does it down there?
1: So it is us uh, ADA. um, But that's USA powerlifting and like how, I don't know how, how it's done now with powerlifting America um, and like what's done at a local level versus national level for USA powerlifting. But um, I know it's definitely different than Canada. Cause, cause
0: um, when it's water, uh, like we're water up here, right? right? So we will get tested. Uh, like you, you can get blood tested, urine tested randomly or, or at the nationals. And um, they, for short, like we're in the testing pool and then sometimes they'll flag you not because there's anything suspicious, but let's say you're elite level, or if you make national teams or whatnot, and you have to do whereabouts forms the whole nine. So I don't know what's going to happen down there. Or, or how the process is, or, you know, I'm not sure. But I know up here, um, for sure, like we would be subject to that kind of stuff. And so we'll see what happens, especially if you make a national team or when you show up at nationals. I'm not sure what's going to happen to you. But I know for us, if you make a national team, I think especially if you're an international now, you might even be on a different uh you know you have to send in literally like whereabouts forms and stuff like that
1: yeah which is normal which, yeah. is normal which is just, normal i just say we're in this period where this hasn't really happened yet we're not mm. there yet and this is a big time where people are training hard doing you know big big training numbers and getting ready for a big meet that it's like okay like you got to be on this like, mm. otherwise it is a little bit delegitimizing of the situation i think
0: yeah we'll have to see not yeah. to say i mean i would like you know maybe i will reach out and ask exactly how they're doing the testing and how this thing's rolling out mm-hmm. um yeah but uh so when when you chose well actually i won to double for the usvi sure. situation yeah. so you you would look through that option and um so it isn't it's they get well, i mean they do get to kind of pick and choose i guess right because it is their national team but uh
1: it is no. Pom- it's not. It's not their national team. I'm saying, like, even to be a member. Oh, okay. like to to be a member, you you can go to their website, sign up, and you pay, and then they like can figure out like, do we want this person or not? And if not, then no, we'll refund you your money, and you can't compete with us.
0: Ah, conceivably, is that because they don't want their nationals? Like, do you know why? Or or
1: like, are they just, just looking to cap this? Or no, they're just particular, I guess it's <laughs> particular mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yeah yeah so I, for, outside of that i don't really know you just have to be a u.s citizen and um i think you have to formally declare yourself uh inactive in whatever previous federation that you were in so if you're gonna say powerlifting or to america then you would declare yourself leaving that federation and that you'd be switching over
0: gotcha Yeah. I mean, the one thing I do like, like we said previously, is there'll be more representation at Worlds anyways. Mm -hmm. Like that would be an amazing case scenario where you have, like you essentially have going to the Worlds, not many USVI people go to the, to the World. Like if you're actually a native there, go to the World Championships. So conceivably, US has got two different teams loaded you know, I mean, that's,
1: that's, that's their goal is they do want to get USVI definitely wants to get their own people there. Mm -hmm. Um, now more so than I think this previous year with this previous year was kind of like, Hey, we'll do this one-time thing where we can just have people switch over and then you can go. Um, but now it's kind of like, yeah, we want our own people to, to be there apparently. Um, because yeah, they're treating it very, very seriously. And like, I, you know, I have a couple lifters that are doing it. Um, one's a 66. That's just super strong that, is going to be very competitive at, at worlds. Um, and you know, they, they probably, I would assume that if X other 66 kilo U S like mainland lifter wants to switch over, they're going to be like, Hmm, you know, because mm. because it is like you're taking away from this per this other, right. Maybe I don't, I don't know for sure if that's how it works, but, um, you know, there are so many, you know, competitors at 66 that are, super super talented that that probably are going to stay with usi powerlifting um whereas like you know we only have one probably for us uh or powerlifting america so getting two you know actual top level you know sixty sixes is a big deal um is that you sent him to me right yeah yeah
0: dude he's he's a phenomenal lifter man listen the sixty sixes right now are absolutely on fire chance first off for powerlifting american nats, there might be two killers in the 66s so there could be a clash just to send that one One, and whoever goes for the u.s is going to be a a shooter then your boy's a shooter this the usvi um Mm. he's an absolute shooter as well then you add obviously penna eddie berglin who was just a stitch below 700 kilo um the the russian what's his name again young dude who's a fucking not glad kick. There's an even younger guy who's an absolute shoot, but there's glad kick as well. Two-time world champion. And Mm -hmm. then there's, who's also total 700. And then Penn obviously who's like murdering weights in the gym. And then I think Ilya uh, from Russia, 66 young dude, like 20 years old. He's good. He's going to come close to 700 kilos. We're going to have five guys at IPF world championships who are going to be around the 700 kilo mark. I mean, it's going to be a fucking firefight. In this. Six, six kilo IPF worlds might be the best session head to head. Same yeah. weight class. No, no calculator, no formulations needed by kilo. I mean, that's going to, mm. that could be the best class to watch.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And it is one of those things where it's like, I, I give my hat or take my hat off to, to Penna because he's been one of these people that cuts significantly that trains like super, super intense and you know, still shows up, you know, and is very consistent at worlds. And, you know, I, I think that consistency is a big, um, a big thing to, to try to overcome versus like all the, the newer lifters where, you know, like my, my guy is like, Hey, like you're doing great. Let's push this. But like, we still got to get you there. We still got to come in fired up and, and, you know, perfect. Cause he's done, you know, over the world record total. Um, in training you know but it is different in, in comp and it is different yeah. traveling it's different you know in all these you know so it's like okay let's just get up there and it's like trying not to um, go too much where it's like we, we still have six months or whatever or not six months like how many months is like four Um, so it's in June it's like yeah.
0: yeah yeah so it's in June does he have to, he has to do the
1: he's competing he to, next week at, at nationals that's at right. USVI nationals. yeah
0: right and there's a bunch of people
1: Yeah, him, Ricks, Gavin Aiden, I guess, Kimberly Walford. I guess there's got to be a couple other people that I'm there is, yeah.
0: Um, Chandler Babb, I believe, Mm -hmm. I think she's still doing this. Um, but because Kimberly moved up to 76, yeah, and Chandler Babb obviously world champion at 69 kilo, but uh, and there's a few others that I think I'm uh, I'm forgetting there, but yeah. There's a few, man. Man, mm-hmm. USVI is coming up, man. They got some people. They got shooters too. It's a good team. I mean, whatever. I, I like the, the idea because um, it just offers more world-class lifters at Worlds. Um, you know? And as long as in, – in Kimberly was saying they're not like bumping anybody from USVI. They have their options. But if you go down to USVI Nationals and you beat um, you know, some native to there and become the USVI National Champion – kind of is what it is that's why yep. you know if you let them in at the nationals it's difficult to not give them a spot then it'd be mm-hmm. a whole it'd be tough did, did, sorry go ahead you're gonna
1: say something oh no i was just gonna say is that like that was i did want to go because i was like okay when this US usa powerlifting stuff was going on i was like USPI is a good option and it's coming up sooner than powerlifting american nationals right maybe i could go down there and try to qualify um I didn't at the time, I didn't know Gavin was going to do it, but it would have been like me versus him to, to get the USVI spot. Uh, but now it's kind of just Gavin's going to for sure take that spot. And then either me or Keiko will get the, the spot here. Um, and then like, you know, depending on an alternate situation, whatever, maybe there's another 93.
0: Dude, look at Talk to L.S. McClain, man. Yeah, He, he went twice as an alternate and twice became a world champion. 93 kilos. Mm-hmm. Twice, he's a two-time 93 kilo world champion. In both times, he was an alternate, and he and he didn't win the nationals, but he won worlds. Um, yeah. you just got to get you, you just got to get on just that get list. Man. That's it. Yeah, it does. Like things happen all the time, and in sports in general, this has happened good and plenty. Um, but whether you went to USVI or whether you went to Powerlifting American Nationals, you were gonna have a killer. It was gonna be mm-hmm. either Gavin or Kaiko. There's no yeah, easy, absolutely. there's no easy route. And then when you get the world championships, they'll be there all over again. And then you throw on Gustav Headlin and it's going to be a battle. Gustav, you...
1: yeah. There there's um there's so many 93s that I can name that are that are very competitive, that are getting yeah. getting better. Um, yeah, it would just be it would be stacked. It's gonna <laughs> be
0: stacked. And um, have you have you noticed the rest of the world? Like if you're watching the European championship and you're watching mm-hmm. some of these other nations it. emerge, mm-hmm fragment the rest of the world starting to catch up a little bit like yeah. what do you what do you think this is what do you think is going on here because obviously france emerged in a major way and like where there was heather connor and everyone else in the world for 47 now there's turbo tiff where there was you know i was i remember being like sam calhoun's gonna take the world title and like sam calhoun and then all of a sudden leah bavois and, and Carola Gara started emerging it's like holy shit and then you got guys like Penna coming and coco clements but you have like a bunch of people from not just France, but just in general emerging. And it's like, what the shit is going on over there? What, what do you think is happening?
1: I mean, you, you do think about it, like, because, are you saying because USA powerlifting or the US lifters just have a big pool, that that's why we have so many top level people? I don't versus know. The other well,
0: no doubt you, there's a big pool. Mm-hmm. Maybe the popularity is surging over there and gaining ground and, and the pool's widening. So yeah. now- their talent pool is getting bigger, so they're starting to collect these people.
1: Maybe, but I'm saying it, it makes sense if we're looking at like U.S. USA versus the world. The world still has a massive pool, comparatively speaking, to to that. Right. So there's going to be these specific people that just pop up. That's their high profile person. You know,
0: very true. Yeah, like collectively, um, like like U.S. is the number one nation, but collectively, I think there's more champions, world champions outside the U.S. Right. Every world's. Uh, so I know what you mean there. But there are certain yeah. nations like France that are just like the popularity seems to be big. Like they seem to have like shooters all over the place right now. Like in the 52 kilo class, they get Naomi Albert, but they also have like the number 252 is Rico Shizuka. And um, and she's it, number two, number three, depending on the day, right? If she can get her last deadlift in. I mean, France is just fucking blowing it up right now. I don't know how these kind of things, you just get a star and all of a sudden they start blowing up and then it becomes more popular
1: yeah and then everybody around them thrives too right like if i don't know if you've seen like even in like texas you'll look at whatever specific gym and there's like you know like the gym that i go to has uh myself had michael charles okoko has um a couple other just super strong people and uh just like then each person around them kind of has their coaching you know you know mm. endeavors where they bring up x person that's getting right up there and then boom now all of a sudden they just kind of breed up. and i think that's the same thing with like penna and you know the crew over there 100 like he's been very vital to helping everybody else you know climb as well
0: and then if you were like uh, a woman getting into like weightlifting in the gym and you're like and all of a sudden you you would come across Leah and like oh shit mm. and first off she breaks stigmas if I lift weight to look like a man that kind of bullshit and um you need oftentimes you need someone like if you're a guy and you hit you know you hit the social media and you see like Russell over here you're like, oh fuck, I want to look like that and be jacked and strong like this is how we start bringing people over so you just need a couple stars to start emerging they break down some stigmas and they're like, hey man. And they're from your home nation and all of a sudden, boom, that's how you start converting. But you need to find it helps so much to get a couple stars there first. Whereas if you don't, it gets a little tougher, you know, to make that sport grow.
1: Yeah. Well, I just thought about it now in my head. I was thinking of the other two. There's this girl, Kate, at the gym that I go to and this, this kid, Nick, they're both 17, 18 years old. The girl's like 60 kilos, squats like 175, 180, oh, wow. um, you know, deadlifts close to 180, benches, you know, 100, 105, Holy you know, shit. 17, 18. And, they, you know, the, the other one is like, uh, like going to probably be able to bench, you know, 180 something, you know, at 80, at 82 and a half or 83, you know, as a 17, 18 year old. And just like, there are so many of those people that are just like, you barely just don't see them, but they're there. And yeah. then I try to convince them to go to powerlifting America. And they're like, no, I'm going to do USAPL nationals. And it's just like, oh, all right, well, you know, <laughs> there's you- a lot of those people, man, that are just right beneath the surface that you don't quite see, but we all see it. And it's like, well, they're coming up. They're coming up.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that in, in the gym? Like when all this was happening, like just the people mm-hmm. you had mentioned, like you look at Texas. Yeah. Um, there's a poco went USAPL, you went PA, uh, Michael Davis went PA. Jesus went PA. Russ mm-hmm. went USAPL. And there's like split. Yeah. Did you? Did things get kind of weird for you at times with the split? Oh, you're on Team Nori. Nori's a hardcore USAPL guy. Did things get weird for you at times when it was like like it get your pastime? And I know it's just sport, and you, but still, it kind of got weird and political at points, like like the sport did. Was that weird as an American in America with this kind of thing happening?
1: Did it make some weird conversations and stuff? I mean, we talked about it at the gym and people would ask me, but they, like, most people know. Like, I'm the type of person that, like, this is exactly what I'm doing. I'll, before it happens, I already know what I'm doing. I'm very opinionated on, on stuff like that. And I would be like, yep, I'm doing, you know, when they, before before it even happened, I was talking about, like, they're going to split and I'm definitely going, you know, IPF, period, no matter what, like, way before that. So people knew. And, like, I, you know, we're all still on the same page with everything, even Noreen, like, you know, Sean was, was one that he just wanted to compete against Russell. So he was like, whatever he does, I'm going to go there and he wants to beat him. Um So I don't even think it's like this tie or attachment to anything. Really. It was just like, what is our goal here? What do we got to do? Okay. We're going to do this. And that was really it.
0: If, if, if Russ went IPF, would Nori have gone IPF? Yeah, 100%.
2: Yeah. Whoa,
1: was, shit! Yeah. Doggy, that is a surprise to me. I didn't know. Oh, I think he he's said it plenty of times before. He he really just, like, he sees that as the, the big obstacle that he's yet to overcome. Um, And so, like, he wants to do that regardless. Mm. So I think that's, it makes sense, you know, entirely. And, you know, you always have that option down the road. I mean, Sean's done worlds. You know, it's right. not, like, new for him
0: yeah i know i was there i was commentating
1: now you saw the the robbery huh it was dog it's controversial juicy stuff it was more it was more frustrating i think because to me is like how many times do we see like soft lockouts like soft you know hook grip lockouts that they like that are so soft that are just so obvious and they just whites it's like it's really like in in just Super inconsistent, and Sean's was good. And so, like to have it be good and then to not is just.
0: Here's here's the t- okay for anyone listening. Sean Noriega is the 2017 Junior World Championships. Him and Gruden were going toe to toe. Two Americans, Team America versus Team America. Yeah. I think Arian took. Did Arian take Sean? Area Messi Camessi. I forget. No, I think yeah. he was with Sean, and I think Bill, the two king of those podcasts. Well, I think they're going head to head against each other, but maybe I'm rewriting history with that. It doesn't really matter either way. They just were like shake hands may the better lifter and team win because when they, when it's that close handling does play a part when it comes to like attempt selection, whatnot, for sure. And, mm-hmm. and they were that close, obviously yeah. came down to the last lift and I'm the commentator and I freaking, it, it was tough because you're like, Oh, we done it. And we, I, you know, you're essentially, putting the gold medal around Sean's neck. And he's a junior lifter. Like he's now the world champion. This kid goes to the back and he's a young man. Like he's still a young man, but he's even younger in 2017, obviously. And I remember feeling terrible because he's a young ass dude in the back thinking he just became a world champion. And you're celebrating what you must feel like, you know, we just talked about earlier, your dream of becoming a world champion, what it must feel like to be like, oh, fuck, I'm a world champion in a true legitimate world sport in a true legitimate world globe body. And then someone's got to go in the back and be like, they overturned your last lift and you are no longer the world champion is fucking, I thought that I thought he'd be coming out with tears, man. I I might've
1: let's, I mean, to, to be fair, I think to Sean, because he's had a lot of like really shitty situations, like at meets where like, just, it doesn't go quite right despite training going amazing or just something got, he got like screwed over on a depth call or something. So I think him like mentally was pretty resilient at that point. And he's talked about it. Like, it's just not that, not the end of the, the world at that point. He kind of figured, you know, like, well, this is b- bound to happen. Like based basically, basically just that, that kind of view he, was, he had, I think. And he's just overcome a lot. So I don't think it really affected him that much.
0: I still remember him on the, on the fucking podium. I was texting Joey and yeah. I'm like, fuck Joey. I'm gutted for this kid. And I remember looking at him on the podium be like, fuck he's keeping it together like a champ look at this 2017 though this is before a lot of shit that's already happened to sean like you he's a young ass man like no matter what like i was there feeling in my heart like fuck i felt really terrible for him it like in um it was tough man he held held his poise stood on the podium took that silver medal even though he he had the gold two minutes earlier and and and, and gruden got the gold medal and there's john gruden uh it, it was John Gruden was there in the crowd taking pictures and shit and it was like damn this is tough man and I remember Joey being like this is hard that was hard to watch that was hard to see that happen
1: I think also because he felt like it was definitely a robbery he's like no that's just shitty like he just kind of like that's how I would see it too it was like it, I definitely got robbed here I would be like that's crazy that's crazy that it happened all right whatever you know tough, at that man. point where it where it is like I won I know I should have won and I got screwed over like where if you genuinely believe that I think it's easier to get around whereas if you feel like dang like I I, it that was the right call and you got kind of screwed over I feel like I just could have done it better where he was like you know I I don't I don't know I don't want to speak for him on the situation you know
0: it, it, it's it's um yeah i don't know i i because as a boxing fan i remember roy jones jr was in the olympics got totally jacked on a, on a decision they gave it to a south korean and it ended up being proven that there was bribery and whatnot so like 25 years later they gave him the gold medal like whatever but as a kid um he like i say he was a kid he was like fucking 18 or whatever shit mm-hmm. like he was crying and it was tough it's i, I don't know if like i think personally it would be easier for me to lose if i did everything i could and i just lost and i was like okay it is what it is i could shake your hand whereas if i thought i won and and i thought maybe they took it from me now this is in terms of what we talk about taking from them. this is sports this is a sports call i don't think there was like uh, it was American versus it was American versus American, so it wasn't like a conspiracy. Or just for anyone listening, if you're wondering what we're talking about, it, it was literally a sports call where it was a shoulder down or not down, and um, whoever was going to take it, US is going to get the gold. So it wasn't like a uh, like I just because I'm I'm saying this because I just remember I just said fucking Roy Jones with judges getting paid off. Obviously, that wasn't the case or anything in this. But um, fuck, man, that's that's the way shit goes with sports, man. You know this is how it goes. Strike zones change. You know, depth squat depths. You're like, what the fuck? They should have passed or no? That definitely shouldn't have passed. This happens, man.
1: I think, I think if it happened now and it was with like Russell and that same situation, happened at like US APL Nationals. I think that would be rough for him now. But I, I think, I think it was different as a junior. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's Junior Worlds too. It's yeah. still a World Title, but mm-hmm. it's different if it was the Open, and you're like, "Fuck," you know. That's that's a tough one to yeah. uh, become a World Champion. But, anyways, yeah, um, yeah, I still remember that. I mean, how did you end up hooking up with Team Nori? By the way, I want to ask you that.
1: Um, so they we so I, for those that don't know, Sean is one of the, is leads Nori. We have two other coaches that were first with them, um, Jaren and Michael Jin, And now I was one of the three other coaches, uh, that were hired with, um, alongside the other coaches. Uh, so we have Eric, Eric Larson. Um, do you know who that is from, from, yeah. uh, Sweden? Yep. And we have Aiden Raider as well. Uh, and then I was the other one. Um, so yeah, it was just something that, uh, works well. Me and Sean think very similarly on a lot of things, specific stuff. Um, just a good mesh. And I kind of see it similarly to uh, I guess the other teams, whereas a TSA, we have flex, we have TSG Um, things work pretty well in team situations at bigger meets. And I think it's important to have uh, that dynamic.
0: It is kind of, it's funny how like, you know, powerlifting is kind of an individual sport, but kind of not. And we are so clicky, aren't we? like power lifters, like mm-hmm. here, here's the thing with powerlifting, man, you get in and even though for a niche sport, we have fucking like politics involved. We have like, everyone knows who's who we are all in each other's business. I know like, you know, it is crazy how quick I try to tell my friends, I have friends, I have boys I went to high school with, and they're like, they have no idea this crazy little weird world I'm in. And you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They don't follow yeah. powerlifting at all. And they don't mm-hmm. get that, like, we know everyone around the world. We know who the friends with, who they're with, their whole, like, everything, man. Powerlifting, you can't explain
1: it. I don't even think other niche sports have. Do they have this? Are we unique? It, I mean, it's free. I mean, we're human beings. We're going to be clicky and we're going to have right. our little groups. I think it's it's more interesting because I, I follow a lot of like international lifters. I follow some Japanese and um, Taiwanese lifters and just, you know, and I obviously don't have anything to do with them, you know, day to day. But I see their like close friends story like on Instagram and they share like whatever. And like, I feel like I'm part of their, their world now. It's just stuff like that that I'm just like. Oh, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I, I do know so much about all these other people and kind of pay attention and it's fun. I, I like it. And,
0: uh, and we definitely have like, we've become with like these, these coaching services have started to build reputations with their coaches and athletes where we're starting to see like a Joey flex style. We had this uh, conversation, like, is he creating a dynasty now? Like I remember 2016 when he got his first world champion. And it was the crazy John hack versus Brett Gibbs. Um, You know, that was the first year I did commentating for IPF worlds and I got to fucking commentate that one, man. And it was like, I was like, Holy, the funny part is that's like my high point. I've never reached that kind of height before, but (laughs) it's like, it's all downhill from here, kid. It's never going to get better. But, um, since then he's had like so many world champions and running a bit of a dynasty, but now we got other like coaching services being established. Mike T uh, who's, and it's weird because it becomes like, he's got, even though he's American, more of an international, you know, more international lifters are going to Mike T um, mm-hmm. you know, the strength athlete and um, obviously Nori now has got a bunch of you guys, a bunch of shooters right. and whatnot. And it's, it's weird how we have like nation dynasties, but we also have like coaching service dynasties. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see those emerge. And Marcellus yes. is starting to fucking murder right now. He's got a lot of lifters that are doing well.
1: Yeah, it's like where people are successful, they want to you know, emulate that and be a part of that. So it's very easy for them to want to go to to somebody like that. And I think it just breeds. Once you start having that momentum, it just breeds itself. It, it's yeah. you know very. Um, uh, constant motion based where like if things are going well it's going to stay going well if you just make sure that you know these top level lifters are doing well it makes people you know want to come uh, to you guys and kind of you know sells itself similar like to tsg with taylor atwood like they want to be the best number one lifter and yeah that's where they want to go you know stuff like that
0: you're right that as soon as you start getting momentum like joey flex rounds uh, he's got so many shooters. You just keep rolling forward with these shooters and um, people will be like, well, it's proven. Look how many world champions has. So momentum keeps building, but it's really unique when a guy like Penna emerges from a nation that had no shooters. And he's like, I'm going to start from scratch. I'm not even from, I'm not even from fucking us. Like I, I, Even just getting social media momentum is going to be difficult for me. English isn't even my second language. When I think in my head, it's not even in English. And the majority of the social media powerlifting is in English from a different nation. He had nobody. And he was like, like, I said the story before, and it's true. 2019 World Championships. I was walking down the hall. I'd done the preview show for this. And um, Penna stopped me in the hall. And he said, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, okay, I had no idea who this cat was. And he goes, I heard the preview show for the IPF Worlds. I just want to tell you, I think you're sleeping on France. And he goes, I want to introduce you a couple of people. This lady to my left, that's Naomi Alibert. This lady to my right, that's Leah Bavois. My name's Penna. In a couple of years, you're gonna know who we are. And um, all of wow, them are world champions. The origin story, huh? Dude, it was crazy. And I am like, <laughs> All right, because you get stopped every now and then, and you get these kind of, you know, or people go in the kinglifts DMs and you get this kind of, but like it's so hard to emerge because a bigger fish can take your lifters. Like you can lose your lifters. These go online. They got, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go with flex, you know, like Russell's with flex, Amanda's with flex, whoever.
1: The, what is what, you know, what stood out to me and what you said, but I kind of want to highlight it is like, it's, it's one thing I, I think um, to, you know, have success and, you know, work with somebody that's going to be successful. Like, so for example, like I think, you know, Penna, like say Penna, Penna coaches himself, correct? I'm pretty sure he writes his own stuff. Like if Penna worked with, you know, Mike Tashir or whoever else, I see Penna being successful period, right? Like he's established, like he can do it. There's a lot of people that regardless, I think will be very successful because they are built to be successful. They will do anything it takes to be successful. And there are some people that like had to create that from nothing and build that from nothing and build other people around them from nothing um, and those are the people that are like, hey, this is this is the proven person. Whereas, like, you know, if you know, I was doing really well, and I go to X person, it's like, cool. But you know, they that person was going to do it no matter what. Where I like, I see a lot of value in that, I think a lot of the reason why I'm, I wanted to work with Sean is Sean has been one of those people that has worked with a lot of people that, not to say any names, were were not in a good top level position and have climbed to you know a huge point with not very genetically gifted, very just general of the road, like no athletic background, just general. Like those are, that's, that's what's impressive. It's not impressive yeah. to get the D one athlete to, you know, top level, you know, powerlifting. I think that's going to be expected.
0: You're right. And here's the thing. When you get enough momentum behind you, yeah, um you get almost get like your pick of the litter. Like people are coming at you and you'll, you'll have like, like, let's say you get like, Thirty different people sign up. Mm-hmm. You're. It's a lot easier to have one or two people that are going to merge and are like, "Holy shit, this person's really good." Then, if you're far smaller, a light, a casting call out there because you're just not as known, and you're getting, you struggle to get five. What are the chances? You know, maybe that walks through your door doors, Aliyah Bavois or whoever, right? But it's so it's tough, man. So that's why when someone like a Penna emerges. And, and like, he's, he, nobody knew who he was in 2019 and through him, you know, turbo Tiff, Naomi Oliver, Leah Bavoy and fucking whatever the shit himself and whatever. Then you're like, all right, dude. And he had no affiliation with nobody. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, man, you done something. You, yes. you know, yes. that's undeniable, you know, mm-hmm. like, sure. You got lucky that Leah chose you, but at the same time, all of these people, they all emerged, right? Like it's, it's, a, we're on the flip side now that he has a positive momentum in france if you're an up-and-comer in, in france like rico ended up going with somebody that she's going to choose pana well i guess you know it gets easier to keep that momentum going mm-hmm. um but it is interesting because fucking things turn over man. in 10 years time are the same top coaching services going to be the same top coaching services Nah. Isn't that weird to say? Can you imagine?
1: I mean, there's going to be a couple that stay, but you know, it's like people move on. I mean, p- powerlifting. I don't know how, I'm, like in in the U.S. and in Texas, I see so many people that are like super invested in powerlifting for like two years, yeah. and then it's like, okay, I'm done with done with this. It's it was a nice little hobby and fun, and I really thought this was where I wanted. Like, and then they get married, they get kids, they have whatever, and it's like that happens with everything, man. You know, unless people are like this is everything in my life and all I want to do is powerlifting yeah people move on
0: it's weird how because it's true we're talking about how like how like when people are into powerlifting holy fuck do we get in you know what I mean like we get into how many people are so into like in different niche sports but I mean like we get in on like to a level of like we like the politics the who is who we create celebrities within our community anyways obviously if they go to the grocery store people don't know who they are but within our community damned if we don't talk about certain people like they're rock stars and like it's crazy how we all, we get so heavily invested and i don't know if other niche sports are quite that into it or even is powerlifting still niche how niche are we as a sport do you think
1: do you remember what, like, commercial gyms were like in 2013, 2012? Yeah. You're, yeah. Versus now? Yeah. Dude. Dude. Now <laughs> it's like, ev- there's I get within, like, minutes of going to a gym, even a g- general commercial gym, you will see SBD knee sleeves. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You're that right. alone is huge. That is so, so, you, so huge. You, you're right. You know what?
0: In 2013 and you know i'm glad that you're from like i checked like you're, you're you've been you're closing in on a 10-year vet man you've been around mm-hmm. even though you're a young guy um that's when we were niches fuck nobody knew what i was doing and like two, i was around 2008 2009 <laughs> yeah. people like what the fuck are you doing man yeah. you, i'd be the only dude who was a power lifter in a gym like for sure whereas now there are gangs of power lifters in every fucking gym all over the place
1: even if it's not a actual powerlifting or any general it's everywhere it is everywhere and i think more more than the spd sleeve thing is women women lifting weights is the biggest thing like that has been just the the stigma against it has been completely shattered
0: not only shattered um it is now like that body type is the desired Even like, like women, like you, when you go on Instagram, these girls, like who aren't power lifters, who are like, like Instagram famous models, Mm -hmm. they have bodies of girls who lift like, like it's, it's not only is like previous generation, there was that stigma. If you lift, you're going to look like a man. Now it's so far the other direction. Everybody's like, all these girls are going into that direction. Everyone's lifting.
1: And even more so to, to, to even harp on this, I think even deeper is like Asian culture, was very much against that Mm -hmm. and like even in like I see like you know some of these Japanese or like um, Korean or wherever the, the women there I know that like I know some of that is like that super against like lifting weights and there's like these companies that support them and like in the in their country about lifting and that even there it's it's broken a little bit which is like you Know very much different than the US, where the US is more liberal on a lot of stuff like that. I would say,
0: yeah, even um, so I did a podcast, I don't know how many podcasts ago though, but I, I had on um, a, a lady from Japan and South Korea, mm-hmm. and they were yeah. both talking about it. Well, exactly what you're saying, how like, yeah, for sure, I, like yeah. it, it's it's part of the culture, They're, it's totally different, man. Where they were like, the way like you don't, you're not nearly as boastful, you try, you purposely try to make yourself. Like even smaller the way you carry yourself, let alone like everything's so they're huge breaking down stigmas. And what helps, um, they're talking about how like they see videos of someone small, but like cocky, like Heather Connor. And they're like, Oh, fuck Heather Connor. The way Heather Connor, she's Heather Connors a hundred pounds, but she walks into a room like she's like she's Godzilla. You know what I'm saying? Like Heather Connor is yeah. like, well, like she'll run that rope. You know, the mm-hmm. way she carries, and they'll be like, I want to kind of... And it's totally not like their culture, they're saying. So they'll watch it and they'll be like, I fucking... I I really wish I was more like that. And they'll look up to that kind of shit. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, it's completely changed.
0: And uh, yeah, so I mean, it is breaking out stigmas for sure. Like So are we still niche, do you think? Would you consider powerlifting niche? Mm,
1: It's
0: tough, huh? If
1: we were at like... I'm trying to even compare it because back then people didn't like you, if, if you mentioned powerlifting to somebody, they're like, Oh, what, what is that? Right. And right. whereas now is like, even now people know what it is. Like, even if it's, you know, they don't follow it or pay attention, they do understand like, Oh, it is a, this, the sport. So I think in a lot of ways, yeah, we're still a little bit niche, but it's, it's gotten better. Definitely gotten better. We're breaking through now with this momentum. What do
0: you think it's going to be like in the future? What doors can open up for us because of what's happening? You see the USAPL route that they want to do money meets. You see the IPF route that they want to be involved with um, multi-sport events, whether like Commonwealth Games, European Games, and Pan Am Games. And for people listening who aren't necessarily, I've been to the Pan Am Games. That's a for really real. Like I saw boxing and wrestling and shit. Like these games are, are big. They're not Olympics, but they're big. But do you, what do you think of 10 years? Where, where, where are we at? Because this, this is going to keep going.
1: Did you see the Twitch um, powerlifting meet? That I, I did
0: not. I'm aware of it though. I didn't watch it, but I seen
1: clips. So Ben Rice was part of it. Uh, you know Ben Rice. Right. Um, it was a uh, Tyler one. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, I, I
0: I checked him out when Twitch I heard Dreamer. about it.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. But anyways, there were so many sponsors for that, like Samsung and just huge jet, like big name sponsors and tons of money dished out. I think stuff like that is probably a better avenue if we're thinking about making it more mainstream. Um, So people like Ben Rice are super important in that sense. Um, I don't really know what it would be like in five to 10 years. I don't see it changing that much outside of the stuff like that with online Twitch streams, YouTube stuff and content. Um, I am very pessimistic, I think, on you know, the Olympics, which you would think that I'm, I've i got to be a little bit more positive if I'm wanting to do IPF and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't know. And, and I am hesitant to give a clear answer on that. Um, I do think USA Powerlifting has been doing really good with a lot of what they want to do with the money meet stuff. We'll see how it actually goes. There's a lot of this like pro meet stuff and kind of like the payout situation. I don't know how a lot of that works. I really didn't like, I don't know if you saw the, the December Virginia pro meet. Um, without like saying any names or anything, um, the they they paid out a lot of money, but like not everybody there got drug tested. Like the, the people that won money, not all of them got drug tested, which is crazy to me. How you can pay people out and like not drug test them at all, right? Doesn't it seem weird.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I wasn't sure like who got drug tested or not. I seen I didn't watch the whole thing live. It was super long. Yeah, um, but I obviously seen all the clips and was reposting et cetera. Um, one thing I like if if nothing else, when the split happened in the US, um even if they're moving in kind of different parts, they are covering different ground at least. And if something clicks for one, like well, if something clicks in terms of the money meets, that can be an easily adaptable by another me promoter, It'd be like, Hey, fuck yeah. it, we're going money meet. So that's good. I don't think going the global IPF world route isn't easily adaptable because that's super hard to get a hundred fucking nations on board and make a true world championship. But the money meat thing, if the U S wants to go that route, uh, the USAPL more specifically, if they push it, it, it's, it that tide can rise all the boats. If people are watching, Hey, this really took off, you know, it's, it's, it it's easily adaptable by other people all over the world you know i mean i'm fucking penning them in france are doing this kind of thing with their money meets with the women you know the i forget i think it's called girl power they're going to fly me in for the commentating but they're starting to get some for real sponsors involved and now that they have all these world champions in europe you just got to fly in a couple like a couple americans a couple canadians and all of a sudden bam you got yourself a big money meet as well so these things these are good if something actually takes off but um in terms of what you were saying, what powerlifting might look like in 10 years, the only reason, I don't know, because like, if you think of 10 fucking years ago, man, would, do we even have streams? It was yeah. crazy. I remember at one point, I shit you not, my boy was at the Arnold Classic, and I was just refreshing the fucking scorecard to see whether his attempt went green or red, and that was my stream. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pathetic. Now look at us.
1: Yeah, well, it's even more to me bizarre to think about where like even in three years it's going to be completely different right you know let alone like 10 it's just that's it's insane like how far things have changed in the last even three to four or five years um like i can name off people like top level power lifters back in 2016 2017 and no one knows who they were it's sad it is sad like the people that are relevant now and that are like competing the newer juniors and stuff like that you know they were 12 13 they didn't pay attention to you know it's stuff like that where it's just like oh yeah this changes super fast the turnover rate here is super high you know a lot of power lifters just don't pay attention too much you know down down the road they fall out of the sport and things happen and it's just like yeah it's it's gonna be different you know these it, top level lifters unless you're relevant now and you're doing things now what have you done for me lately type of thing you are not gonna stay around
0: <laughs> it's it is dude there are people it it kills me it hurts my heart there are people who like don't even know who the fuck jesse norris is
1: yeah i was also going to say names sandy names because i but yes it's it's definitely like that where it's like who who are we talking about it kills me
0: why why are we are we at a point where do you think powerlifting get to a point because most sports like their, their history, whether it's baseball, fucking basketball, like their history is like revered. It's, it's like part, like if you're a fan, you fucking know, like who won the Super Bowl or whatever, like all the greatest, 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. And some guys will go back to the fifties man or whatever the shit or like, you know, whether it's hockey, like Wayne Gretzky retired like a billion years ago. Everyone knows Wayne Gretzky. Do you think. And when we're talking powerlifting and Jesse Norris and them, that's not that long ago. Um, Are are we just not we haven't read a peak yet, but if we get a certain peak in a certain level, people will never forget a Russell or he or never forget, um, you know, some of these people like we just, you know, uh, Jesse Norris fell off before the sport got there. Or do you think there's something with our sport that the turnovers? What do you think it is?
1: I think you could be right. I think it could have just been like that was right before this age happened. And then now from this age forward, Mm -hmm. we will have the people that are immortalized in the sport. I don't know for sure if that's the case. I can say maybe I think better. I think it will be more clear than where it was, you know, a few years ago where like, you know, Bryce, right? Like Bryce has been around for me, Bryce, Sean, you could name these other people have been relevant since 2015, right? Like have been Mm -hmm. in, in, in that since that long. Um, where like people know of Bryce now they don't remember what he did in 2015 2016 but you know I do Um, and I think this age you, you may be right you may be right that they are just past that threshold where now they will be immortalized I know I, I would say Russell Amanda probably uh, there are going to be a few names Ray. for sure
0: even Ray dude even stop. Ray. No, don't. No, give it. it's gonna I, hurt me. I'm to I'm, hurt
1: me. I know but it's, it sucks to say, but like, then I lost hope. I lost hope. I just the, lost hope, man. If no, they, if what, someone doesn't know who Ray is, I'm fucking the, the people that are like new in 2020, like how many, like how many people got into powerlifting like two years ago that were already training, lifting weights, but just didn't follow powerlifting, and then now they're into powerlifting in 2020, 2022, 20, 20, you know. <sighs> yeah i know here's the thing
0: do we not as a sport do we just not revere our past greats enough like what are we doing wrong
1: what have you done for me lately
0: fucking it kills me because they've literally like ray got us on espn when ray squatted a thousand like there's certain people that should never but like maybe i don't know i don't know what we do whether the threshold is, what if we're not even there yet? What if, what if all of us can be forgotten? We're still not there. The threshold's going to be when we're going to like mainstream TV, like those other sports we said, and like, okay, millions of people saw you on TV. Now you won't be forgotten. But everything on streams, if you're still on streams, good luck. 10 years from now, Good luck, man. You, you thought you were big. You were big fish in a small pond. Because in 10 years, if we actually ever get on like TV, TV, not like the streaming, but I mean, you know what I mean? The real TV with millions of people watching. Yeah. Maybe only then is there a threshold. And if you never make it there, then you never actually make it. There is never no immortalization. Fuck, that's dim. But
1: I don't know. Maybe that's real. It also has to do with the fact that like you're either in powerlifting or you want nothing to do with it. That's like, right. people don't really, like, after they're done powerlifting, just sit down and, like, just follow all the power. Like, they <laughs> yes. do if they know them, right. but otherwise they're kind of out of it. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, someone that grew up playing, you know, high school football and then they go on with their life and have just a normal life, they follow NFL because it's, you know, so popular already. But they also are, were grew up with that and they kind of have always been there, I think, maybe. Mm. You know what I mean? Where powerlifting is a little a little different in that sense
0: dog I'll, I'll i'll i never play basketball i have you know how many basketball i will buy fucking tickets and spend all this money and go watch the raptors although i'm like 45 minutes away from toronto i've never played basketball but none of my buddies who aren't into powerlifting are watching the ipf worlds or usapl Nats. or you're just not going to sit down for like four hours and watch the 52 kilo women battle it out if you're not into powerlifting or or if you yeah. stop if you if stop, you stop yeah that's what i
1: mean like yeah, even, even for then, someone that's relevant now they just kind of like want to get away from it like they are immediately like i'm done i want anything to do with it
0: well let's go back to jesse norris he ain't watching that shit
1: true he
0: probably don't give a fuck
1: if you know he's like you know what he's doing right now i haven't seen or i every now
0: and then check up on him because like i've had him on the podcast and like Obviously, I'm from a time when he was like, you know, the Jesse Norris. It was a huge deal when he decided I'm coming to US USAPL Nats. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God, Jesse Norris is coming to USAPL Nats. Like that was a that was fucking nuts. And when he's battling Lane Norton and it was like, and Lane was the champion before. And then um, you know, it was it was crazy that like so I still ch- and I had him on the podcast back then, and it was like a big deal, and um I still check up on him. He's doing his damn thing. He's got a kid and um, he's living his life. It was injuries. I don't yeah. I think I even slid in his DMS and he was saying, you know, it just injuries, man. He, he was so crazy before his time. He could like out total heavyweights and shit. Like it was, it, it was so crazy before his time, the lifts he was doing, um, especially in the tested, but uh, fuck me, his body couldn't hold up. And he was young as shit, man. He's like 20 or something. He's, yeah. a, he's a junior
1: but yeah, he put yeah. himself through hell. He he definitely did. Those those tens with 585 on deadlift, they they tax your body, man. I know how it feels. Not not quite tens, but I know how 800 feels the next day on deadlift. How do
0: how, how do you because obviously you can smash volume. You're the fucking volume king, literally, my friend. Back-to-back champion in the Arnold in the <laughs> Challenge. Yeah. Um Yeah. So how how does your body hold up after all
1: these years? I always describe it as like a mini car accident the next day. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some days where it's like, it's really bad. Like, like once you get moving and you're up and everything, it's normal. But some days are really, really tough. Yeah. Like it, I, 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 it, I, it the, your, your expression and the way you reacted to me saying that was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, where, shit, dog. where I'm <laughs> like it kind of feels normal. I mean, like they're like once a week, I'll have like a really big session where it's like, okay, the next day I'm going to be kind of beat up, um, where today is that day. And I feel good and I feel normal and hundred percent, um, where I feel like I could go squat and deadlift if I had had to on the next day, yeah. but it, I definitely, you know, um, I know what kind of strain it does over time. And as you get older, the effects are just way more significant. Um, you know, I've been, I'm 27 now I've been powerlifting since, I was seventeen, like seventeen-ish, uh, well, like doing squat bench and deadlift. Um, maybe not like very hard specific, but resistance training since then. And yeah, as you get older, man, it gets rough. Where I see Jesse and what he was doing, I was like, that was that was rough. Like I know what kind of strain that feels like the next day. And and how do you stay within the
0: line? Is it just literally keeping your lifts so you at least have two reps in the chamber and never just. How do you how do you keep it? In, so there? the way
1: I do things is a little different now. Um, like so, I don't even do deadlift volume at all. Like I just uh-huh. do like a, a one or two tops or one to two sets, like working sets, and that's it. Like each each deadlift session. So it'll be holy like, holy shit, no yeah. kidding. And you got yeah, a monster it, deadlift, dude. Yeah, and it's that has been what actually took me from pulling like 750, 760 to I can deadlift eight hundred any day of the week and that was really? the only yeah there there's a couple accessory stuff um that i've done kind of in the background that have helped um but you know taking a lot of that volume away and just really pushing the intensity like i have i have the muscle mass and the the um the time you know of like muscle maturity and it's been there for a long time to actually just work on the skill of deadlifting and and the, the neural adaptation to training and just improving that and developing that further and further. And that's really what has been key for my deadlift. Um, but squatting is there squat, doing a lot of squat volume still, um, and then bench and, you know, it was pretty good.
0: So it was, man, I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. So what does it look like then? You don't have to give the whole, you know, secret to your sauce here, but What kind of does your breakdown look like in terms of the volume? That Because it's enough that you feel like a car crash, but I guess it's not coming from
1: deadlifts. (laughs) No, it's more like, well, like, say, for example, like yesterday, I had squat work, did like a five by five on squat, did bench. I had three sets of six on bench, and then I did an 816 deadlift single, and then I did 716 for a triple, and then I went to do accessory work. I guess two I'm other a... accessory lifts you know that's a long time in the gym but yeah. um yeah i mean that after something like that it's just overall system taxing to a high high point whereas like the other days in the week when you're not doing a squat bench deadlift volume on every or on everything except deadlift and accessory stuff it's pretty manageable
0: and what kind of accessory stuff do you do like how much accessories do you do because some people are like very specific they want the spd and tons of it and the amount of accessories shit is side and other people are the opposite they do they do a shitload of accessories
1: so i do like two per movement pretty much maybe on like a one bench day i have a like four or five you know upper body stuff but it's really like hey if i'm doing squat i'll have you know like bulgarian split squats and maybe like extensions or whatever else if i'm deadlifting, i'll have like you know, another back extension or something, and split squats, or maybe that might be it, or hamstring curl, whatever, something, something separate. Mm. Um, so not too much, but it is a lot of work on the main lifts. So I squat three times a week, bench five, and then lift twice.
0: You bench press five times a week.
1: I'm long, bro. I got these super long arms. I gotta gotta make it happen. You know, I, mean, I gotta, gotta, gotta bench- get it up. I gotta get my bench up. Your bench has gone up too. It has gone up, yeah. Is that, were you always
0: benching this much or is that what the key was, is upping your bench volume?
1: The last couple of years, it's been at five. Before that was four. Um, the last probably three-ish years has been five before that was four. And that's worked great. I think at sometimes six days a week works really well. If you have that, um, you know, one or two days that are a little bit lighter intensity, I think you can work well with that. But that is the, you know, like meta going forward is... Higher frequency it, it, that has gone on for so long since the beginning. I think in like our age, if you're talking about like 2011, 2012, it was unheard of for people to bench like four times a week, five times a week, mm-hmm. um, where they thought that was crazy. You're not going to recover in time, and you know the whole list. Uh, where now, like as we've developed and figured things out, well, okay, maybe you can do a, a fifth day that's very light, that just practice the scale of, of benching, and you refine that, and you get better from practice. Uh, and that works. So there's stuff like that. So, so that's fairly
0: common amongst your athletes. And in, in, I think Nori concerned. as
1: a whole, I think, the, I think all of the coaches would agree that at some point to develop something further, you definitely have to increase frequency, intensity, or volume at some point. Mm. Um, if you're not you know, gaining weight, right? Like you have to change some variable to make up for that, that difference or that significant increase to tack on something significant to whatever lift at some point
0: it's tough because like you said to make your dead go up though it wasn't tacking on like more volume so it's one of those i mean obviously you're doing this long enough and you're taking a look at all the numbers but you might just find like oh my squat volume is increasing my dead enough i don't need to do it like that like i could get tax with my squats for volume and just do intensity with my deads but only through like troubleshooting yourself. yeah yeah it's just not going to work. Like someone can't like, um, have you found this for some of your other athletes? Has this been a little bit across the board that you've noticed, or are you like, nah, man, if I fucking, if someone doesn't get their dead volume in their dead goes
1: down. So, so lifters that have very uh, extreme leverages, like for deadlift. So someone like me, I have a little torso, super long arms, super long legs. Um, the movement is a different movement, right? Versus like someone like Keiko or Connor Borkert who has smaller arms, very smaller arms, longer torso, shorter legs, or something, and their range of motion is so much more dramatic. They will definitely have a different level of like fatigue that comes with that, right? Where it's so much more stressful for them to do that. Whereas, like me, I could deadlift three times a week, ninety plus percent, ninety-five percent. I'm gonna be fine. Mm. Um, where they, they, there's no way they could do that. Where mm. like it would it would compromise them or put them at a higher risk of injury. Um, whereas me, like I could do anything on deadlift. I could, I could tweak my back from like squats and my back is wrecked and I could deadlift still.
2: Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, it's true. It's like, it's, it's different. Like these lifts are different for everybody. Whereas same same as me is like for bench, um, having, you know, longer range of motion, that's going to affect like recovery and stress a little bit more versus like squat. And if you're built with these squatty proportions with super, you know, small femurs, I think, you know, the squat is a whole different, you know, strategy and how we want to, you know, improve it.
0: So it, it's the biggest thing essentially to, to keep yourself from being injured. If you have a whole, like, cause you squat three times a week, is mm-hmm. it just staying in the pocket and not overreaching? Cause you very rarely have to scrap it out. Well, at least what I'm noticing on your mm-hmm. lifts when I, when I watch your videos.
1: Yeah, it is. I think there are just times of the year, right? Like when you're getting closer to a meet, that's where you can start pushing into that level of fatigue where. You start needing to pull back to get that, you know, uh, fatigue to dissipate a little bit. Uh, for me, I, I take training in the off season a little bit more relaxed where like people will say, oh, in the off season, you need to do these accessory movements, these variations get further away from the complex. Um, the way I do it for myself is like, I just pull back on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and then as I get closer to a meet and I'm pushing, you know, obviously you're, you're Getting into peaking a little bit more, um, you can actually start working on the intensity and pushing things again. Uh, so it is all dependent on the time of the year when you're competing, I think.
0: And you got to cycle it. I also want to ask you about the Arnold um, squat challenges, man. I love those fucking things.
1: I, I love watching those, man. I can't do it now.
0: Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with like. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if some of the challenges are gonna roll around as well in powerlifting America for certain events. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll see, man. But um I think
1: we're... they I think they think it's blasphemous. What? IPF people, they're like, no, we can't do this. We can't stain our sport with these events. Uh, that's like crazy. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> see nations could do whatever they want. Like, like they,
0: they don't really like if Robert Keller wants to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Robert Keller. Yeah.
0: No one really cares. Like the IPF isn't going to hold it, but yeah, I mean, that's at the world level. Right. um But I could totally see powerlifting America, you know, but anyways, we'll see because it's so early days of powerlifting America. But when you're rolling into those, were you training for like, I loved the concept of watching somebody emptying the fucking tank because in our sport. You know, people say like, I just wanted it more True. But also you might have an athletic ceiling that's incredible. Whereas other sports you watch and you literally, the human will is a fucking beautiful thing. Tested human will can, you can literally, there's some sports where just through willpower, you can make certain things happen. Obviously endurance sports. You want to make someone, they say fatigue makes cowards of us all. And, and, And that's like, that's like, they say that in like any sport with any kind of endurance evolved. That was one of them. man. And watching you scrap it out for those lifts is fucking wildly entertaining and um when you're walking into there did you prep for this were you because you won these back to back like how did this go
1: dude the the thing is people even again kind of where we're going back to of like two years ago people don't even know what happened they don't know people they don't know like what what you're describing they don't even know what we're talking about yes i swear that. that people don't even know so like the squat challenge which is double body weight at the arnold um for squat as many reps as possible uh i've won that twice now uh, it's only been all right was it there lap no because we didn't have the arnold last that's year. right yeah um she's still the champ baby i know yeah yeah that's still, a dynasty. Still, right right um so i did train specifically for it and i just did the first time i i screwed up i didn't do it correctly and i kind of emptied the tank a little too much in prep uh, whereas the second time around, I actually didn't, and I had a much more laid back approach, and I actually did probably better for the second one. Um, whereas the first one, I trained my ass off, and I ruined it. Um, but th- but I did well. Like so, the first one, I did like four twenty or four nineteen for twenty three rep or twenty four reps, no twenty five. And then the next year, I did four thirty because I weighed like two and a half kilos heavier or something, um, and I did like one rep less, but for th- 430. So that's a, right, a bigger right. difference. And it's it's one of those things where people are like, oh yeah, I did I did 405 for 20 the other day. Like I could probably, it's like, no, you can't, bitch. Like you, you you get to like 15 and you're like, okay, I can push for a few more. Okay. And then you get to 18, 19. And then you do the 20th and your legs just like are like shaking and like they can't continue to move. And like where you were like, Oh yeah, I could have done, you know, one more, you go to do it and your legs just fall. Yeah, Like where, and I I say this, like not to try to like gatekeep it, but it is one of those things where you have to actually like do it in order to see like, oh yeah, like the difference between 20 and like a 25 rep set is like squatting 620 or like 660, like in terms of where like you really should be at where those extra few reps are a huge deal.
0: 100 uh, percent, it is man yeah. especially if it's double body weight you for sure like five more reps and, and it's true uh, as power lifters we're not used to fatigue like that like we think we are but we're not but when fatigue kicks in your body just doesn't cooperate that's yeah. what we don't we don't get that
1: your mind is somewhere but your body just does not follow it will it not continue yeah in in um
0: uh, and it's true too. like when, when you went in the first one, you said, I kind of fucked that up in training where, mm-hmm. because we're a little out of our element though, where it would be like, okay, well, this is the total opposite of a powerlifting is where one single lift is heavy as you can. So it's like, how do I approach the training? And you might think, let's just fucking, let's rock and roll with, I don't know what, what you did. Probably. It sounds like more volume. It might've fried yourself in yeah, training. a little too much. <laughs> yeah. And that's what can happen, man. Like, like yeah. endurance, it's tough. because it, When you fry yourself for endurance, you can't get it back on that day. Um, like I read a lot of autobiographies of boxers and MMA fighters. And they said, this one guy is like, you know, to an extent, I, when it comes to anything endurance, I kind of would rather be undercooked than overcooked when it comes to training. Cause when you're overcooked, you're fucked. Like your body just will shut off and there's nothing you do when you're yeah. undercooked. It feels a little different. You can be resilient and you could try to make things happen, but you can't come back from overtrained. Like you, it just, it is what it is. You show up and you're like, well, let's see what happens.
1: <laughs> it, it's a weird thing too, because you're trying to make sure you're strong as you possibly can. Right. Like as strong as you possibly can be on that day. Um, but you have that endurance that you've built through that prep where you have like, like I was doing like sets of 15 in training um, right. like three by 15 on one day. And then like tens and, you know, eights and then like a a plus set, maybe like an AMRAP set at the end. Um, And I did like, I I think you shared is, I mean, this was years ago. I did did, like 240 for like 13 or 14 reps, like 240 kilos. Um, And so like you get, you need to blend both (laughs) worlds there. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to try to try to get as high as you can without, you know, taking away that, that conditioning. So you still need the conditioning, but I don't think it's as much as you, as I thought it was in the first time I did it. Where like, I would be perfect to write out if I wanted like to see someone do it. Like I would be, I would nail it um, now that I've had the experience to, to write that out. Uh, but it is something that's like, you, you need to be a little undercooked, but you need to be um, pre- prepped well. Like you still need to like go through the practice of the mm. conditioning and stuff and getting to that point where you're out of breath, your legs are kind of weak. Okay. Like you still need to keep going. And then once you kind of have that in those last X weeks of prep, okay. That one week out, you probably need to chill a little bit more, keep your conditioning up, but you got to chill those last few days. Cause
0: you, you want, you still need the weight to feel light on your back. So your top end, single lift, you don't want to depreciate to a point where, um, cause like when you go to the gym, we all know those guys in a gym who think like they see a power lifter and they know you train for singles. sort of like a bit you though, I could rep out this weight more than you because I do tons of, le-. and you're like right. that weight to me would take me all day, all night to get tired on. Cause it means nothing to me. So yeah. then you'll rep it out and they're like, Holy fuck. And like, yeah. Because that's like 50% of my top. So I'll do 50% all day, all night. We'll be here all day. So you do want a level of that top end. You don't want mm-hmm. to your top single to depreciate, but on the flip side, the fatigue that it will build when you beat your body up, you don't want your body to be like the first time that day. where like, we haven't done a lot of volume. So your hips, everything, there is a conditioning element to your body also maintaining and being able to carry through a mega set like that top end. Mm. So yeah, it's a fucking, that's a tough one, man. That's
1: a it was really fun. tough one. It was fun doing yeah. it. Like people thought it was going to be like miserable and like you're going to hate yourself. And it's like, no, it was, it was enjoyable. It was fun doing. It's just one of those things where it's like, you can't really train for that well if you want to do that specifically and do a full meet like at the same time it's kind of tricky and it just gets weird it's not worth doing
0: do you do you want to do this again
1: i would do it again for sure i just don't i don't know if i can like of the america i don't think i can do that just at the arnold
0: no Um, i mean not even the arnold like dog, it'd be, you could do, anyone could put together some, a meet and be like, look at, I want, I want to meet and you could do an invitational. Fuck man. It would be, it wouldn't be that hard, but um I would love to see you prep and like, be like, I'm putting my title up. I never lost my title. If someone wants it. They got to come and get it.
1: Well, we, so like the Twitch streaming scene, I think, I don't know if you saw like a year ago or two years ago during COVID, Uh, we did this Twitch stream for charity Yeah, um, yeah. that like elevate in Colorado. We had this big event um and we just had a bunch of the top level lifters in the us just come out for this event uh and me and sean did this like head-to-head challenge on the the belt squat uh so have you have you seen like a picture I, I i you know you
0: you were telling me about it it's not quite the same though but but yeah
1: what wait, wait what's not the, quite the same
0: well it's not was it the, the event itself wasn't like like a it was different wasn't it
1: it was a bunch. It was a basically think of like a summit for like a group of people yeah. that wanted to do this. And we just had events going on all the time.
0: Right. But like in terms of like the belt squad, wouldn't that impact you differently? Like in my mind's eye, you weren't to yeah. put it this way. I don't think you were defending your title. That's what I'm saying. You're still undefeated yeah, yeah. in my book.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I'm just saying, I like doing stuff like that where yeah, it's yeah. like CrossFit type ridiculousness. It's fun. Like it's different, you know, when we're doing yeah. the same exact thing all the time. And I do a lot of very comp-specific stuff. I don't do like a lot of variations. Um, it's kind of fun to do stuff like that. You
0: know? 100%. What do you think about what would be more entertaining, the bench, deadlift, or squat when it comes to doing something like that, double body weight or triple if it's deadlift or whatever the shit?
1: So for general pop, people are going to love the bench ham wrap stuff the most, I think. Yeah
0: because yeah, the combine mm-hmm. the nfl combine type because it it's relatable
1: pair it yeah yeah i think that would be the coolest thing for people but i would like squatting the squatting back that de- head to head i think that's so cool it's just more brutal on your body <laughs> is it is it yeah do, do you the think bench? like what about,
0: yeah or no sure what about bench. deadlift though
1: Not if you're like me and you deadlift with this range of motion, very small range of motion.
0: Like, do you, what do you think would happen if you were doing a deadlift AMRAP like that? Like, would you, do you think you'd even be more dominant than the squat? Like, are you like, look at that, I'm double champion. And that was my weaker of the two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is like, if you are saying I could do 50% all day, you're making that point. That would be like, you know, have you seen like at fitness events or expos? They'll have like a, a deadlift challenge or something where they just load like 315 or 405. And like general people just walk around like, oh, I could like do it for this. Like, that is actually my 50% less than 50%. Like, if I'm d I to A27, you know, a couple months ago. That would be less than
0: 50%.
1: Like, how long would you be
0: there? You'd be there all day, man. Know.
1: It'd be fucking
0: ridiculous. Your It'd hands,
1: your hands would be the 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 shitty thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's use straps, I guess. But they do
0: stuff like this straps. in the in the cage. Yeah. I saw I remember um Rob Hall. Went oh, the, to, oh, the hands. Yeah. Bro, oh my God. He went toe-to-toe. I think it was 600 pounds. So it was a weight. That, like these guys are monsters. Yeah. But the weight was big enough that like someone walking down the street is gonna be like, okay, they probably straight up. Like even a normal gym guy may probably isn't gonna be able to hit this. You gotta be a power lifter to hit that. But they went toe-to-toe. So I go you go. I go you go. And um it was Rob Hall and uh fuck me. I had he was on the podcast, he's telling me about it. Uh-oh. Uh oh! And Garrett Fear was the one who put it together. But yeah. anyways, um, it Forsaken was brutal. Warrior, but- Forsaken Warrior. Yeah, I forget his yeah, real yeah. name. And he was him and Rob Hall went toe to fucking toe, back and forth, six hundred pounds, and it got to neither guy was ready. Neither guy I knew it would go to this weird level. Like, you know, because you've done this thing, but they went in there thinking 600 pounds. We go toe to toe, someone will bow out, but you don't realize what fatigue feels like and how it's going to actually impact your body. And they said it got to a crazy level where like hand, yeah, their hands started tearing, giving out, but their like, bodies were like fucked, like ravaged, man. And they're yeah. like, man, we went to a, a dark place. It, it went on far too long. It went on because- Cause if I go, you go, I go, you go, you have 30 seconds. So you're going to keep coming to scratch. You're going to keep coming to scratch because you have 30 seconds to recoup. And they didn't realize if you just am wrapped it, it'll be over in 30 seconds or a minute. But if you go like this, we're going to be here for 45 minutes and it'll be the worst day of your life. It'll be, it'll
1: be that's like, that was what I was saying about the belt squat thing with me and Sean, me and Sean are both super stubborn, like very, very intense competitiveness and we both were doing, you know, it was like occluded, blood flow restriction, belt squats yep. with like 700 pounds or something. And you do a set of 10, you do the other person does a set of 10, back oh, and forth. Wow. And we, we got to 18 sets <laughs> and back and occluded, <laughs> blood flow restriction. So what and do you, you mean just, by that? So like we do, you, you get like a tourniquet. Yeah. And you, you tighten it around your, your quads. Like right. the fuck? Below. Why? Just because it cuts off it was just for pain, and people on (laughs) Twitch wanted to see it.
0: (laughs) They're like, like, but here's the thing on every fifth rep, I kicked them in the balls, and that's
1: part of it. (laughs) That's pretty much it, yeah. (laughs) That was was pretty much it. So it was quick release tourniquets, blood flow restriction, you can't feel your legs at all. But then it was you know, 10 reps, 10 reps, and when you're stubborn people, like you know, we went till we were sick.
0: Dude, it's gotta be said, you guys got a rematch with a barbell on your back. And, and what do you think would happen?
1: I, I think it's different. I, I think, well, because at the time I took off because of injury. So I wasn't training that much. And Sean was in a spot where he wasn't doing like a lot of specific stuff. So I don't think either of us were really ready at the time. I think now, like, it would be unfair because he's lighter than I am too now. Like a lot lighter than well, I you am.
0: Well, you would do the Arnold, Arnold rules. You could use oh, okay. the same Arnold rules. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That'd we be could, amazing. That'll you'd be fun. You'd want Sean than- so Sean is like I, I love training or doing anything head to head with Sean or something because he's like he's a, a psychopath where he, he will just like put, does not care he just wants to win no matter what and I'm like that too so yeah. it it's very very fun I would definitely do that again
0: is um yeah you'd have to bring some more people throw them in there I know we're getting close to two hours sure. I just want to ask you uh so is in terms of all your powerlifting accomplishments would you think is A, your number one accomplishment that you're proud of, and B, a moment you had, which might not be the same, that you were um, like, this, I'll never forget that fucking moment.
1: So far, um, I-, I think accomplishment, I think, is in coaching, is coaching Michael C. Um, from where he started, just brand new, uh, into you know, going IPF Worlds and placing second, I think, at the time. Uh, and setting a world record squat. I think in terms of like uh, just coaching experience. I think that's one of the best. I think coming up soon, having Joe Joe Jordan uh, do do worlds and uh, be able to go to worlds and something I still have yet to do. I think having both helped both of them hit Wilkes or points higher than me is a big accomplishment. When I already know I'm I'm a pretty good stronger lifter. Uh, I think that just speaks a lot. And the 804, 805 deadlift. uh, A few months ago, breaking Ashton's record um, was pretty big for me at the time because it was like almost untouchable at some point. It seemed like oh, where it was like, like wow, like you know, I I am not built the same as Ashton. I'm definitely, definitely different, and uh, I've put a lot of work to to get where I've I've been, and uh, I definitely. Um, wasn't sure if I would ever get to that point. And now it looks like things are just momentum entirely. Like it's just going so well, like everything in training is just going so well. And, um, just very positive about, about that.
0: And for the future, what are your future goals? And, um, yeah, what what do you, what what do you plan it? What's your five-year plan? Uh,
1: so five-year plan is definitely to win worlds, um, I think that is just like has to be done. Those are the next steps. Um, coaching more IPF worlds lifters uh, and expanding uh, a lot of what we do, like content and like coaching with team Nori. I think those are majority of that. I think in five years that can be about where it should be at. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen this, like I think 31, 32 or 33 is like where you peak. Um, in terms of like powerlifting, like based off the stats, I guess, or just general sports uh, is like around that age, 30, 31, 32, and then kind of start falling off after that. But I think that's kind of like right in those next five years. That, that is, I would be 32 in, in five years.
0: This is it, man. This is, this is your time to shine. And at the Nats, if you're not being chased by anybody, and like the roster could change because a lot of people wait till the last minute to sign up, but you're loading up the pole for the win, I'm guessing.
1: With a deadlift yeah, like a ha- yours. I have to.
0: With a deadlift like yours and your goal is worlds. Yeah. It's almost is that a guarantee? You're so gonna-
1: this is a thing that I've had to think about because so for example, um, I don't really know what the other weight classes are in uh powerlifting America. The roster's not even up, which is weird. It's getting pretty close. The roster's up. Oh, really? Yeah. It's oh, the, the, the this thing is to me.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's up. It's it's up. Um yeah, go on the website, you'll find it. So okay. I I don't know who's all in there, but the thing is a lot of people are waiting. I think some people are going to wait until like after Arnold, et cetera. So there's going to be another rush. Yeah, But you know, like, you know, who's who in 93.
1: Well, I I mean, I know what's going to happen. I mean, I know who's who in 93, but more of what I'm thinking of is, okay, say for example, um, this is how they do the team selection. If 120 doesn't end up going, Then they would for sure take an alternate. Okay. I want to make sure that I'm, if I don't win, that I am the next highest alternate spot. You know what I mean? So if I do a deadlift or try to deadlift something that doesn't make sense, where it's like, hey, based off your second attempt, probably not going to be there. Okay. I probably should just take whatever I have. And even if I don't beat, you know, Jonathan Keiko um, head to head, I would still for sure be the the number one seed on on points or Wilkes. And I would definitely get a spot because. For whatever reason, I mean, it's South Africa. Worlds is in South Africa, and you don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Uh, There could be somebody that just doesn't want to do Worlds or just decides, like, hey, it's not going to work for me this this Mm -hmm. year. And all all we would take is one out of the, you know, 59, 66, 74, 80, uh, one of those people to not go. And they would, if they did it the same way they did with USAPL, they would just, they would skip over, obviously, second place. Um, and they'd go to the points or the Carpino system or whatever the, the qualifier would be. So that way I could definitely get a spot there because um, I, I don't think there's anybody that would be a second place that would be higher points than me. I could be wrong, um, but that's what I would say is is probably if I don't be, if I'm not for sure this could do it and I can actually do it, probably pull less and try to get the points.
0: Yeah, uh, you make a good point. What Every single year it's alternates going on. Uh, whether it's us team Canada, whatever the shit it's, it's Mm -hmm. never going to be. I mean, just for sure. Travel, getting time off work injuries, whatever. There's a million reasons why. And um, we already said the 93 kilo class has been won by alternates before the same dude, you know, twice over. So you got to stay in the hunt. The big thing is, um, Jesus and Ray, I'm sure they're going to want somehow for both of them going to worlds if possible, but I don't even know. Yeah.
1: But on points. So like, jesus is probably gonna win yeah okay he'd be the favorite uh, right so ray would be the next spot but i'm pretty sure my points are higher like i'm I mean, actually super positive about that on Wilkes or points especially points because points favors my class
0: right yeah and it depends on how they select it i have no uh, yeah i don't either. even know and Cause, it's cause... so
1: up in the air on stuff like that
0: because they would might they might be like well ninety three kilo class worldwide is ext- is competitive whereas um one twenty plus Jesus might beat Ray but no one else will so then they're like that's that's a uh, one two gold silver ninety three they might be telling themselves, that's a dogfight because you got you're Gavin, saying based off Carpino got- yeah oh yeah if it's Carpino yeah it'll because okay. you got Gavin and you got Gustav. and you might still take a silver but then it's not as for sure as whereas because you have other guys close whereas Ray might be. They're like, I, so I don't know who the flip knows, which
1: it depends what system they use. So what they, I mean, if it is Carpino, it would go off of Ray needing to beat Jesus's record or his total that he did at Worlds, right? So if I have, you know, like 880 or something like that, that would be enough, right? Because I, yeah. I don't remember what Keiko did to win. I think it was 880 something. It was around there. Or 890 maybe. 880, 890, something like that. But I think that's reasonable.
0: You definitely want to, obviously, you want to find out before and be like, yeah. how are you selecting your alternates? Because 100%. I need to make my game plan. Because um, yep. if I just got to load the fuck up, yeah, you want to know ahead of time, do I just got to load up for this last poll? Am I in trouble if I don't? Right. Uh, yeah. Interesting.
1: So it, it just depends. It's one of those things where like people, people talk about. And I always use the people talk about head to head matchups and I always use the Ashton versus Wilson in 2018 Spokane example, uh, because Ashton was definitely stronger than David on the day, like maybe not on the day, but like a stronger lifter on that at that time. And David beat Ashton head to head um to win the national spot and it's just one of those things where like you got to put yourself in position and if someone makes a mistake then you can you can move up if not then you need to be able to be smart about it and not just shoot for something that you're is ridiculous and that you can't make
0: didn't um, bryce beat ashton as well if i'm not mistaken
1: bryce is also yeah, yeah. Like it's but, but at the time and but at the time ash so it was in the 93s and at the time ashton was definitely like oh he should definitely win and he like missed the depth Missed the call on squad on depth or something. Missed a bench. Missed some. Just didn't have a good day, and then Wilson we'll beat him. So it, stuff like that happens, you know.
0: One hundred percent, man. Uh, that's why sports. If if we just ran off nominations, they give the the championship to the Yankees every fucking year, man. You have to show up and go head to head, and mm-hmm. that's the difference. When it's like, uh, you know, Nationals, Worlds, or whatever the hell, anything can happen, man. That's why a guy like you has been around the block, it's it'll help.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I to be fair, I think if it's underneath like 855 i will probably be able to 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 put that on and see it's fucking crazy <laughs> if it if it's like 8, 850 or 855 i think i would i would do it because think of like the one thing is like you have to think about it is percentage wise like the like a 5% drop off from that is like 780 or 790 or something like that it's not that much different from 820 830 or something like that and on, on the day, is it enough? Maybe, maybe not. So it, it's it. When you get to eight hundred something pounds, I think the percentage wise, it just skews differently. Right. So it's hard to see that like, oh, well, I don't know if I could on a good day or not. Versus, you know, maybe maybe I don't have that on that day. But that plus one two percent difference could be enough. Dude, the
0: biggest pre workout you can ever have is adrenaline and motivation. you miracles happen with enough adrenaline and motivation going through your body. And you're like, this is going to take me to world championships. This is what I've been telling my parents, my anybody who listen. This is, this is, this is my dream right here is this lift. It's going to move a whole lot differently than it's just at the gym. You know what I mean? When you got your jam on in your ears, this is this is different, man. So uh, yeah, anything can fucking happen. I'm going to be there at the uh, Powerlifting American Nats. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Yeah, um, So it's going to be, I'm actually going to be commentating, dog, and, okay. and helping with the media side. So um, I, I think this is the first time I've actually said this out loud. I was going <laughs> to announce it, but it is okay. what it is. That's cool, dude. Yeah, but it's new. So I'm going to see everybody, and um, I'm fucking hyped, man. I'm, there's some showdowns, like, you and Kaiko, um, Ray versus Jesus, and um, I we'll, we'll see who shows up in some of these other classes because you got some shooters too. Like Chris and wants to go back to Worlds and and right that wrong, and there's some people who want to get back. But then you'll have some new people showing up who are like, "Wow, well, this could be my chance as well."
1: The the weird thing is how people think that like Powerlifting America Nationals is going to be like ooh, yikes, it's going to be sad. It's like just only a couple of people. It's like, no, like they're fucking killers everywhere. It's just shooters. Over. There's just because... so many. Yeah, there's so many top level USAPL lifters and just having like one or two of the top, you know, going up. It's a big deal. It's a big meet. It's a, the biggest meet. This, I mean, I think it'll be bigger than, you know, uh, what's it called? The Virginia Pro.
0: Well, look at the look at the cast of world champions that are going to be, if, if you're, what people are looking at is, you're not going to have a bunch of the intermediates and beginners showing up because almost anyone could have went to that's not who's showing up are people who actually can make a world team. Yeah. And if you actually look at the people show, they're fucking all killers. They're all shooters, man. Like try to take the title from Taylor Atwood, or, or like fucking you got to go against Keiko or fucking whoever's going to show up, man. Like, hey, mm-hmm. Zeus Oliveras, try to be a 120 plus like, Let me show up and see what happens. Like, you know, Michael Davis, like these are all the killers and shooters are going to show up. So if you want to take a title, it's going to be super difficult um, because this is to make a national team. And a lot of the people who are like, there's no fucking way I'm not on that league. Yeah, they're going to go somewhere else. They won't they won't do it. It'll take some years right. to grow. It's going to take years to grow the intermediate that are willing to show up for fun. The people who are going to show up are the people who are like, I have a world dream and it's legit. I actually could win worlds. I actually can hang with these people. Mm-hmm. Those are the like yourself that it's like, this is legit. I could do this. You're the people who are going to show up, right? Yeah. For at least initially.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I think the contingency plan is if I do not go to worlds, I'll do uh, the Panama or Puerto Rico or whatever meet it is. The NAPF meet to try to break the world record deadlift.
0: That'd be fucking dope. And they're also other things are going to come like Sheffield is coming. Oh yeah. And other things will come along those lines that will open up with sponsors on the IPF side. That is going to happen. So do the best you can. And Mm -hmm. um, no matter what doors are going to start flying open. And this is the way she goes but uh, it's super duper early days with powerlifting america so whatever yeah we'll see what happens but anyways listen my friend uh we said two hours i know you're working uh, no, that's thank cool you, thank you thank you very much for your time i greatly appreciate it. we got to have you back i'm gonna see you down there yeah, so whatever we'll shoot the shit and um yeah man we got to have you back on, the, on for another podcast
1: absolutely two
0: hours fucking flew by i had so many other things i was going to talk to you about and it is what it is we just started rolling
1: and <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait,
0: two hours fly if there's Look, if
1: there's one gotta, if there's another one more thing or something that you want to we can talk about it real quick i'm, I'm kind of I'll, I'll, man before.
0: i it goes into like the training and methodologies and uh, the full fucking okay. line as well as boring like stuff. boring uh, stuff well i mean you so sure <laughs> <laughs> it also like i was gonna ask like who's your pound for pound what session are you and, like whatever we're getting into like powerlessness talk as well but uh we'll, we'll, we'll we could save it um I do want people if they want to get a hold of you for training how do they get a hold of you and I see your podcast came back.
1: Mm-hmm. It let people I have,
0: know about your podcast as well.
1: So I have a podcast, my own personal podcast. It's powerlifting but general stuff too. Um that just have, you know, random powerlifters on and coaches and stuff. So I have that. Uh we also have the Team Nori podcast which I am a part of. Sean is as well and the other coaches uh will you know pop in time to time. Uh so we have that. Um for my coaching services uh, you would go to teamnori.com and then uh, go to uh, my page with the team coaches page and look at uh, my questionnaire, fill it out. And uh, yeah, if it, if it works um, maybe we could, we could start. Uh, I'm kind of particular on who I take now. Um, so it is a, just an application form we would go from there, but uh, yeah, I had a good time man. it was really good. So your
0: podcast is fully biased and in uh, the nori one is high bar,
1: the high bar podcast. Yeah. The high bar
0: podcast. That's right.
1: You know, the 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 phrase on the the high bar podcast is uh, where the uh, uh, intellect is high and the uh, or no it's the opposite it's <laughs> where where our where our, it's like expectations are, are low or something and or, are high and in the uh, intelligence is low or something like that. So. I
0: listened to your episode uh, before this one to catch up, but uh, which I'm one? Uh, the one that you were on. So it's number
1: oh was, the interview series thing your the interview series that's right. yeah 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 that no, was that but, all right was but
0: uh yeah i was just, you know for my own little whatever catch oh, i already you had to do
1: your, your background check huh? i'm
0: doing my bad thing is i there know most the background anyways but fuck it, that's like let's touch up again but it's good man you got you're like you you're good on podcasts like it, it flows easy for so you got to keep belting those off and you're thanks man. i'm i'm glad you brought back your podcast for a second you put a pause in it but it's back 100
1: Yeah, the thing is, is like, and you probably know, like, because you you reach out to people and ask like, hey, can we do a podcast? And they're like, yeah, for sure, bro, let's do it. And then it's just like shit happens and people just like scheduling stuff goes on. And, you know, people got real lives and they're not making money from podcasting or doing anything. So it's like they they don't have a lot of incentive. And it's also too, is like people want to hear from specific people. You don't just want to hear from, you know, random, you know, person all the time. Yeah. Um, or like the first guest or second guest I had was Pena, which is like, why would, you, why would you have, you know, it's like very uh, different, but it's good. Like Penna's super, super dope to talk to and unique and he doesn't have a lot of stuff like that out there. So it's like, oh, I want to get him. So it is like, I want to get this specific person because he has a point or opinion that is probably valid and, and a lot of people want to hear from. So it's stuff like that
0: and he's got thirty thousand followers on instagram oh yeah
1: he, he's but like us wise like i know people like see him they're like oh cool they don't really have a lot of context to it unless they're really focused on ipf stuff mm-hmm. um so it is one of those things where it's like oh cool like he he definitely is more more followers than i do but like um is a different sphere or kind of genre right
0: 100 yeah. percent. although it helps spread your market where like um so if he says i just was on this podcast check it out all of a sudden people in france who are english speaking anyways the problem is a language barrier but that's how you expand your market for like it's a little it's sustainable as opposed to just his english is
1: like amazing his english is good i mean other
0: people in france when he tells other people to listen to podcasts um uh, you know what well yeah i guess i don't know i i I check the numbers and king of is pretty big in terms of uh Global in terms of a spread, it's pretty good, but it helps mm-hmm. that I do the world so it's easier for that kind of like that scene. But um,
1: do you look at the analytics of like when you have someone from France or something on? Definitely impacts see, it. 100 yeah. percent
0: It impacts it. Yeah. And well, um like
1: just from like the US lifters, don't even watch it or don't even listen. Is
0: that why uh, is that what we're saying? Well, you will have certain people. So I I you can see if you don't advertise it at all. Here's a good thing that I have an Instagram page that when I say and I drop show clips the powerlifting community is going to see and be like, okay, they all will know you were on the podcast and they will all see, I'll take video yeah. clips of this and everyone will see it. So that helps, but I can also not do anything at all for a first few days. And I see how many people subscribed and you will have some loyal people that it didn't fucking matter. You will have people that like, they just want to come on every single, like they'll listen every week. That's your core. That's yeah. your net. And then, um, and then you have person specific. So I have you on an American and maybe more Americans jump on and listen. And then I have on like a Pena and more people from France, whatever, for sure that impacts. But then if you do a sweep around the world enough times, enough Europeans, enough Americans, enough, whatever, the people that jumped on, because it was Pena, the people that jumped on, because it was so-and-so from the UK, if they liked what they heard, like I might double back. I fucking like the way that guy, I like that discussion goes. I think I might double back. You can keep them. And that's how you could start to grow a little bit. Not every time. Some people jump on just for them and they never come back until they're back on again. But some people jump on like, fuck, man, I wouldn't have found this podcast until he had that person on. Yeah. So it is but i know you mean it's tough scheduling you got to be on people constantly and now there's so many fucking podcasts they're getting asked like 30 times so they're like oh man another podcast whereas before it was special now it's like i did 30 of them this month
1: and (laughs) some people are just not podcast people like that's just not their thing at all yeah Yeah. you
0: you definitely are dude you could thanks you you could do your damn thing but (laughs) uh But uh, anyways, listen, now we're like way past two hours. It's It's fine. It's fine. I apologize, but I'll see you when I see you. Thank you very much, sir. And until next time, good luck, my man. All right. Thanks. Thanks. See you.